Hello and welcome to Unfunny Nerd Tangent, Bat Dads Forever. All our friends went to New Orleans for WrestleMania and Greg and I are stuck at home. Yes, we can force project ourselves to Bourbon Street, but I've heard that if you do that too much, you go blind. I mean, you die. I was confusing force projection with something else. When we're not busy force projecting ourselves, we do what we always do in these situations and fall back on some Batman cartoons. Uh, This time we're looking into alternate realities with Batman Gotham by Gaslight and Justice League The Flashpoint Paradox, all part of the DC animated universe. I'm Tim. I'm from an alternate universe where my son lost interest in Batman and I just kept buying the toys for myself, um, which is actually a lot like the real world. And uh, joining me, of course, all the way from Australia is a man who has been walking the streets at night looking for who is murdering women in the dark. Spoiler alert, it's drop bears. Uh, Give it up for Greg. (laughs) <laughs> I'm here. I was going to say that I, I finally, uh, we finally get to talk about a murder bat so I can get behind. But yeah, now I'm, now I'm Jack the Ripper as well. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're Batman. It's, you're, you're, you're Victorian uh, era Batman. Nice. <laughs> the drop, the drop bear is Jack the Ripper. Oh, that's it. Yes. I mean, the, uh, the drop bear is the most savage murderer of all times. We probably shouldn't even talk about them in case they hear. Yeah, that's true. They, they're sensitive. <laughs> they hear about it. I'm so yeah. fucked. I'm just. Yeah, gone. Oh, man. <laughs> that was sorry, yeah, the yeah, former union. <laughs> <laughs> but, Greg, before we get into Batman, and I didn't mention this earlier, but I want to talk about Kevin Smith a little bit. What? Who is that? Yeah. Um, Not familiar with his work. Earlier um, uh, in, in the month of April, I got a chance to see him. He came to the Mesa Art Center in Mesa, Arizona to do an evening with Kevin Smith. And somehow, even though I've been wanting to do it since he started doing these shows back in the early 2000s, I never got around to it or was just never in the right place at the right time. And this time around, I I bought tickets way early and then I freaked out that he was going to cancel the show because he had that heart attack in Los Angeles. So my wife and I went out there um, and he uh, has not slowed down one bit. He hasn't missed a beat with a heart attack. And in fact, like turn the turn the whole thing into a, a really interesting and amusing story, which is um, is what he does so well. I think that as a as a storyteller, he kind of tells stories the way I like to, which is you kind of start on one thing, but then go like two or three stories deep. It's like Inception for telling a story, and <laughs> sometimes it goes up way yeah. off in one direction or another. <laughs> And then maybe you get back and finish up that original story that you started telling. He's uh, quite a bit better at that form than than I am. But uh, I was uh, I was really happy to see him. And uh, as much as you know, my fanatical interest in Kevin Smith has waned over the years. And as um, you know, as much as uh, some people maybe feel like the quality of his movies has dropped off, uh, I was. Uh, I'm glad that I finally caught up on them because we did our our uh, Kevin Smith episode uh, a few episodes back here, episode 37 uh, mm-hmm. for our listeners, of course. 37. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the the funny thing was is that when when we were there, we were in a row and uh, we were seats like 
33 and 34 in this row. And the row that we were in was exactly 30, uh. 36 seats long. <laughs> and I was looking at, <laughs> and I was looking at the, the guy two seats down from me. And I'm like, I'm like, can you believe that <laughs> you're not number 37? <laughs> that you wish you had like one more seat in this row? Oh, that would have been perfect. <laughs> yeah. So, but as a listener, if, if you get a chance, if Kevin Smith comes to your town, it's uh yeah, he, he's, he's everything that, that you expect. I mean, it's just um, stories and, and, and more stories and, uh, um, and having a lot of fun. And, and I haven't listened to all of his podcasts, so I don't know if there was any repetition there, but I mean, hearing him talk about his heart attack, hearing him talk about, uh, you know, directing these DC shows. Um, and then uh, at the end of the program, he, he has this kind of uplifting message where he's encouraging people to, to, to go out and uh, make movies or make whatever weird shit they want to make. I, th- I thought that was, that was pretty uplifting. And so I hope that uh, I hope this counts as weird shit that I'm making. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's it. It's unfunny, yeah. unfunny yes. nerd stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so, so thank you, Kevin Smith. And please, please, please count this. Yeah. I, I saw him. Uh, he, I've seen him twice. Sorry. I actually seen him three times when he's come out here, but I've, in, on two occasions, if that makes any sense. First time he came out with uh, with Muse and they did the Jay and Silent Bob get old. And so they did that. Um, I think that was back in 2012, something like that. And like, yeah, that was pretty cool. But it does sort of follow, they, they did follow the format of that podcast where they would sort of have a, a Jason Muse drug story and then they would sort of answer questions and then they sort of do other various sort of um, – bits that they do on that on that particular podcast uh and then he came out again i want to say it was two years ago and they had the same thing they did did jay and silent bob get old again with um which was a different show but it was the same format but yeah it did tend to repeat itself a little bit but i mean kevin if you listen to multiple kevin smith podcasts you're sort of always going to get that double up factor but uh, I wanted did he did he do a Q and A at all at your show? So he gave us the option. He put it to kind of an audience vote. He was like, "Okay, round of applause if you want to do a Q and A. Round of applause if you want to hear more stories." And I remembered what you said yeah. about about the Q and A and stuff like that. And I've I've been to events where they do Q and As, and I feel like there's three kinds of questions that people ask. Like there's mm. there's good questions. Maybe which which are going to which which actually get you like a meaningful response and and shit like that, but more often you get the questions that are like that are just stupid, that are like hey you know let, blah 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 let me tell you something about myself and then you know it, it's it's just it's just something completely ridiculous not a left field and it doesn't get like a very good answer and then a third kind of question where it's basically like hey. I'm asking you a question right now, but really I'm just trying to get you to do a bit that I like. Yeah. And there's, yeah, a, like, there's oh, a lot of that. Yeah. It, it, it is, it does tend to be a lot of it is, oh, I'm a big fan and you inspired me to do my, my write my script or do my uh, indie film or now I'm an actor or this sort of thing. And he's like, Oh cool. That, that's good. You know, well done. Keep going. I'm glad that you, you pursuing your dreams type thing that's sort of the answer you get and then yeah or it's something inane like so if you could put like batman in a different movie what would you put him in <laughs> and sort of oh i don't know yeah. fuck put batman in the terminator movie or something it's like yeah. who cares 
<laughs> and then yeah, the other one is um, I've seen them a lot on on other on YouTube videos and things like that. Like people ask, especially Kevin Smith, like people saying like, "Oh, hey man, like we got a bunch of weed. Like you want to come hang out with us after the show and all this?" As if like Kevin Smith's gonna be like, "Yeah, cool, <laughs> just go hang out with some randoms." wake up without a kidney and shit you know like right <laughs> it's like like that you know they, they have better things to do than hang out with like quote-unquote regular people like they're, they're busy you know yeah um, if you listen to his stories he made it pretty clear that he's uh, usually got his own weed yeah exactly yeah. like he's, he's got he's kind of he, he seems to have his own preferences kind of down and knows exactly what mm-hmm. what it is that he wants and brings it with him but i wondered whether he has gone back to actually answering questions because those those original e- uh, evening with kevin smith dvds uh that he released like years ago they were like a series of about 10 or 12 questions and he would tell stories and things like that whereas i remember watching the um too fat for 40 dvd and it's obviously set up or he he knew what he was going to do and he, someone asked him a question about working with Bruce Willis and then he answered it and that was the whole show. So it was like an hour and 10 or hour 15, oh. basically him telling like the story of someone called him to see if he wanted to play this small part in, in the Die Hard movie he was in. And then, of course, he was with Bruce Willis on that. And then Bruce Willis called him and said, oh, we should do something together and this kind of stuff. And and then all the drama they had with Cop Out and, and afterwards and all that kind of stuff. But it's like a good hour also of him telling that story and like it's an interesting story and he made it funny and things like that but the whole time you can just see people going like he's still fucking talking about the one thing <laughs> like there are other people in the queue waiting for yeah, questions type deal you gotta wonder about those people in the queue they got they got something to say they're just like hey we, we yeah. want i just want to ask you this question so you can go off on your on your superman returns bit like or superman lives yeah. Yeah. superman lives yeah uh, yes yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. right and then uh, when the second time he came out a couple of years ago for Jay and Silent Bob Get Old, he it was happened to be the weekend of the uh, Oz Comic Con in Brisbane here, and so we thought like, oh, he'll he'll go to that for sure if they're in in the same city at the same time because he loves all that shit. And uh, my friend and I were like, yeah, yeah, we reckon he'll turn up, and then he did. They did do a late announcement saying that Kevin Smith would be there, but he wasn't signing or ta- he wasn't signing autographs he wasn't taking photos with people like they normally do at, at these events uh he just had like essentially a panel which was advertised as a q a and so we thought well we'll go and, and like we got pretty good seats we were we lined up early and, and managed to get in and uh so we're only about four rows back from from the front so he was right there and and uh yeah, it was the same deal. Okay, everyone, if you've got a question, go line up on the side of the room in front of the microphones and, and if we can get to as many people as we can. And again, he got through two people. Oh, man. In, in, in like 90 minutes. So, And the first question was about, oh, I don't know if this guy was a plant or not because it was a similar type thing as the Bruce Willis thing. He asked about working with Johnny Depp. And so that led to the big Johnny Depp tusk story and – and, and all that kind of thing, which I had heard before, but that's fine. But it, it, yeah, and and you could hear you could because we were four rows from the front. You could 
literally hear people whispering and stuff saying like he's still talking about the same thing like <laughs> and all these people i kept looking back at the people and there's like a dozen people standing there in the queue waiting to ask questions i just thought yeah you guys might as well sit down so i just wonder if he's conscious of that now as it's it's either a genuine thing where he just happens to get on a roll and he runs out of time or it's a i want to talk about this so ask me about it type deal. So uh, like you, you get up and ask me about Johnny Depp and I'll go into my monologue type thing or, or, or you ask me about Bruce Willis and then I'll, I'll, I'll be able to spin a story out of that. But I don't know. I'd be interested to see if he still does that kind of thing because I think people are sort of onto it now. So Yeah, this time around it was nice because it was it was the an evening with Kevin Smith format. So I guess it wasn't being recorded as a podcast. It was just him uh, up there telling the stories and he had the whole heart attack thing, which, which seemed to be, I mean, he did a solid two hours of storytelling, wow. uh, which, which, you know, plays more like stand up comedy because you're laughing the whole time. But mm. in, in, in those two hours, I would say probably 45 minutes of that was just the, the heart attack story, which was, you know, really fresh new material. And I don't know if anybody had heard it before and it was great. Yeah, that's that seemed. I mean, it's terrible to say like that's the good thing about his heart attack because it's not. But it, I guess it does give him more another story to tell and more um, material in a sense, even though it's it's not the ideal situation. But um, he he's the sort of guy that would spin it into a positive and and yeah, he'd make it funny, which clearly he did. So yeah, he did. If and, he comes and, out uh, again, oh, I think I'll go. And so, emotional too. Like it was, uh, you know, it's not. Um, not just uh, uh, all all funny stuff, but like some some pretty serious stuff about what he was reflecting on in those last you know moments where he didn't know if he was going to live or die, and um, and the fact that like the you know what happened to him, like you maybe survive that twenty percent of the time. Yeah, that's crazy. What do they call it? The widow maker or something? Right. Yeah, yeah that was that was what he said. And yeah. I, for, I forget the name of the artery. Uh, L L mm. two maybe artery. Something like that. No, yeah. no I'm not, I'm not right about that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I remember him saying it's it's they call it the widow maker and yeah, yeah. most people most people don't uh, and his was completely blocked or something as well. It wasn't yeah, 100% just like a little blockage. Bit. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh well. At least he's still around. So one day we'll uh yeah, we'll get him on the show. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> him and Mark Hamill. Friends of the podcast, <laughs> right? Oh, and that was that was the other thing is that right right after the show, I I tweeted about it, and, and you could, there's so much stuff you could say about it. And it was funny because I was looking on Twitter, every single person who had tweeted about that show seemed to also have a podcast. Yeah. So so I subscribe yeah. to all of them now, just just like you know, <laughs> yeah, all of the all of the local Phoenix uh, nerd culture podcasts. Like I'm, yep, yep I'm in pretty deep. <laughs> We'll have to have an Arizona nerd tangent con. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Put all the Arizona podcasters together in a room who, who talk about <laughs> all, the, all the Arizona <laughs> podcasters who like Kevin Smith. We can advertise it as just like AZ Unt Con. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Are you going to AZ Unt Con? Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> right. This is gonna this is gonna be at like the days in Apache Junction and we're just gonna be we're gonna be yeah. out there. Fuck yeah. I'll force project myself across yep. the across the ocean and just sort of be there for a bit. 
and then will be. They don't. They don't even down. make a one beer anymore. But we'll find a way to drink a one beer. <laughs> yeah. Someone's got a case of it somewhere. It'll be hiding oh, in the basement somewhere. Or... Somebody who's been living in Arizona for fifty years. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a nuts. <laughs> oh god. Uh, but anyway, I tweeted that Kevin Smith. Every time somebody sneezed, and this happened pretty frequently, like it was enough to be almost distracting. Every time yep. an audience member sneezed, he said, God bless you. And probably that's something that he, it's a bit he always does. He did that here as well. Yeah, but, I but I, I just thought it was amazing. And, um, and of course, Kevin Smith is, is, is pretty generous on Twitter and he liked my tweet. And this is now like blown up into, into my biggest tweet of all time. You know, so many people stumbled upon it because Kevin Smith liked it. I saw that he liked it and then. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like, I got another one because you and I were sort of going back and forth a bit. With, yeah. With, um, look, he liked my tweet about our, our podcast. And they're like, oh, he liked my tweet about liking your tweet about our podcast. Like, yeah. Yeah. And I think, <laughs> and I think then, that tweet was like my previous, like, biggest tweet of all time, the most, the most impressions and stuff like that that you can find on your Twitter <laughs> analytics page. And, and this one has blown that one out of the water now. Yeah, when I saw it, I'm like, oh, that's cool. And then I looked down and I saw all the likes and retweets. I'm like, holy shit, yeah. that's the winner. That's yeah. the king. <laughs> so I almost, I almost wish I had said something. You know, it's, it's, weird. it's weird to talk about somebody in the third person when you're at mentioning them on Twitter because you're, you're talking to them directly. And, mm-hmm. um, but, uh, but I had a really good night, and so thank you, Kevin Smith. And, um, and now, I guess, if you could, if you could put Batman – in any movie <laughs> would yeah. would you put him in a victorian era thriller about jack the ripper sure why not yeah why not and that's um that was a question i guess that that dc comics asked a very very long time ago and uh got a um a hot artist named uh, mike mignola to uh to draw this story called batman or called gotham by gaslight which was their very first ever um uh, Elseworlds story, and so uh, so just recently now um, at the beginning of 2018 they released uh, the the animated movie based on Gotham by Gaslight, and uh, Mike Mignola as well. If if people don't know, he's sort of the guy behind Hellboy. So interesting yeah. to see him drawing Batman instead of Hellboy, but yeah, similar type of art, which is pretty cool. And I guess I mean this this had to have been before Hellboy, right? I, um, because I want to say, you know, this is before the whole, like, I don't know if Hellboy is creator owned because he did that for Dark Horse, right? I think he does own Hellboy, but um, I think that's probably come about later. I think he would have owned it originally. Yeah, so the original Gotham by Gaslight was in 1989. Mm. And um, I, I watched the whole uh, featurette on the kind of the making of or, or just the story behind Gotham by Gaslight, and they're talking about how at the time Mike Mignola was under contract to go do a book for Marvel, uh, so he was leaving DC, going to Marvel, and they were like, "Hey, wait, <laughs> do this one book for us before you go." And he, he did, and it's turned into kind of an all-time uh, Batman classic. Yeah, it looks like it, being from '89, you can tell. Like when we did our um, Bat Dad's Return episode, <laughs> we were saying about sort of the. Uh, influences and legacy of of the dark knight returns like this is definitely one of them where it's like what else have we got like what else could we do that's kind of batman but not batman in a sense it's like whoa what if we put him against jack the ripper there you go 
<laughs> Let's yeah, do that. Why not? And sort of a, a dark story and things like that. So. But, yeah, so I guess he did, Mignola did Hellboy in 1994. And, and it is a creator-owned project, so, so Mignola owns that. And I yeah. guess I guess Mignola had done a lot of different uh, Batman stories um, in that in that era of the late '80s, and most famously, a death in the family. Yeah, but call this number to, right. <laughs> to save Jason, or call this number yeah. to kill Jason. Did yeah. you did you call? Were you aware of that when it was happening? No, because yeah, I was no. I was not either. I was I was too young. I wasn't like. I would get comic books that came from thrift stores and stuff like that in a big bundle, you know, and it would just show up. And Yeah. Um, I, I had heard about it at school. Someone had said, like, they have killed Robin. I was like, what? And then <laughs> when we finally got to find the comic and stuff, it, 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 it um, yeah, it, it was like, ah, oh, it's Jason Todd. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not the real Robin. Not the Robin <laughs> you give a shit about. Even back then, I, yeah. was, I was a kid, I was like, what nine or ten, and I was just like, ah, oh, it's Jason Todd. Again. Yeah, come, come get me when they've killed Burt Ward. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like what? <laughs> so yeah, it was like, oh, okay, but that was yeah, it was cool. And I remember actually about oh, it was a couple of years later because I was I was in high school, like early high school, and uh, there was a, a like a kids trivia show on in the afternoon. There's been multiple versions of essentially the same show here in Australia for years where it's just three kids from some random school and they're just being asked questions about whatever, science, maths, pop culture, whatever. And uh, one of the questions was, yeah, I can't remember the how they worded the question, but the answer was, oh, no, that's right. It was how did... It, Robin in the in the comics is now is was killed. How, who killed him? And it was like <laughs> the Joker killed him, <laughs> blew him up. Yeah. That was the answer. Like yeah. the kids didn't know it, and the compare had to sort of come on and go. Uh, it was the Joker. He uh, blew him up in a building. <laughs> and it was like what? Like, like, kids, <laughs> kids couldn't couldn't guess that though. Like if you, if if somebody's like this Batman character was killed, who killed him? Like you, like maybe your first guess wouldn't just be the Joker. Yeah, you probably. Like, um, but really, it wasn't the Joker. It was it was the fans. It was the readers being assholes. They killed Robin. Yep. It I was like, fuck this guy. Yeah. It was a it was a Ringo never Pete Best forever yeah. situation. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it was the whole uh, you know who 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 killed Jesus? It was all of us, right? Isn't that isn't that we were supposed to take away from the Passion of the Christ? It I was, haven't seen that movie, and Jared. I don't know. It was well, yeah, it was mostly Jared. It was Jared, mostly Jared. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I I saw this uh, that was coming out, and I saw I saw a trailer for for this Goth- Gotham by Gaslight. I thought, oh, that's cool. Like, it's interesting that they've, they've they're doing that one now. I guess they're sort of going to go through and sort of do animated versions of all the sort of sort of uh, one off stories, I guess. And um, yeah, I, I noticed. I I thought, oh, the designs look really cool. Uh, I'm still not sold on the Batman cowl being that you could kind of see his skin under it and things. It just seemed jarring after years and years and years of. Yeah. He's like his chin being covered up. Right. And all of a sudden his whole, his whole yeah. neck is kind of showing. And his eyes as well. Like the eyes are always, I know that in the movies it's meant to be just, he's not meant to be wearing makeup under his mask, but, but, but he is wearing makeup under his mask. And, and yeah. you, you know, he's wearing makeup. <laughs> Yeah, it's like okay, and it's weird. It's it's it actually it's a little weird to me when you know when Ben Affleck takes the cowl off and it's just his face is clean. It's like a, there should be black paint around your eyes. 
Yeah, exactly. Because like, if you've okay. ever worn a mask like that and tried to make it look cool and painted your eyes, which I've done when I dressed up as the Max, you know, which <laughs> which actually my my Max mask was a, a modified Batman mask, and I should post a picture of that online for our, our listeners nice. who haven't seen it. <laughs> but yeah, and of course, there's always that scene in uh, in Batman Returns where Michael Keaton's there in, in the bat suit, and in one shot he's got the the black eyes, and then in the next shot. He doesn't because he <laughs> he's about to tear the mask off his face, and it's like aha. Right. <laughs> so for one little minute, you can see his uh, the skin around his eyes is all clean, and then he rips the mask off to, to sort of show Catwoman that he's Bruce Wayne, and you're like, so you obviously not going to see his face with some um, army paint <laughs> under his eyes, basically. <laughs> some like football eye black. The, uh, um, but yeah. this one, I sort of noticed it, it. It was a bit, I, because they animated it that way, as if it's just a guy wearing a mask in the sense, and not a helmet cowl type thing. Um, I yeah, that's what I noticed at first. Like, oh, his eyes kind of, that's yeah. a bit weird. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. And in the, I don't know how much they've explained it in the comic books, but there's actually some kind of lens to the Batman mask, right? Like, there's a. It's not it's it's not just an exposed eye. It's actually there's there's a lens or something. But the mask yeah, itself, j- just by by nature of a comic book, still is expressive. You know, he, his eyes can sort of change expression, which you can't really do in a in a practical uh, mask. Yeah, the only thing I the only the closest I've ever seen to them capturing that sort of uh, um, features from a from a blank mask is when they did the Deadpool movie, where they sort of animated his face even though he's in the in the mask like his eyes bug open a bit and close and and he, he does have a bit of um cgi like expression going on I, but that do you know how they did that did they do it all with cgi or is there something in the mask that that helps them achieve that i i don't i, I haven't seen any making of stuff on deadpool but that's a really uh, impressive effect the way that they do it from what I could tell, I think it was kind of a case of like shooting it twice almost, like shoot it with Ryan Reynolds in the with the mask on, and then shoot it with the mask off, but with the green dots all over his face. Hmm. So you can then kind of, I think, then sort of mash them together. Um, they kind of did that with Spider Man in Civil War as well, but yeah, because Spider-Man... his eyes sort of open and move a little bit. But that's more of a lens thing. They sort of have gone. They've tried to. Um, do like a real world version of it, I guess, as opposed to just his eyes got bigger. Cause in the yeah, comics, they, like they Spider-Man's sp- eyes were always expressive. They explain that away as being what he needs. He sort of needs blinders to focus more on what he's doing. And yeah, that, that was, that was the idea behind the mask. But, but yeah, Spider-Man homecoming, I, I liked the way they did it in that movie too. Um, the way they had his, his eyes being expressive, but then later on they're malfunctioning and he's freaking people out. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, that was a good way to get a little joke out of it. it was, yeah, I like that. But um, with uh, with Batman, I always assumed like, you know, the older comics and there's no, um, you don't see his pupils when he's got the mask on and things like that. And and uh, the early uh, Ninja Turtles comics were the same. They did that same sort of thing. It's just they got the mask on, you just see white eyes. Oh, yeah. I do, always just assume turtles, that was a. Do they have pupils when they take the masks off in the comics? Like I don't, or, or do they yes. ever take the masks off? They do. In the early comics, yeah, they they like they a lot of times they're only ever sort of wearing the masks and their gear when they're 
going out. If they're just sort of at home, they're, they're just sort of big, <laughs> big naked turtles in a sense. They're like they're not wearing the arm, um, the elbow pads and masks and things like that. So it's kind of a, like I'm going out, put the mask on, and off they go. It's funny, we were uh, talking about I, what comics we read in the late 80s and, and what I was reading a lot at the time is I would go to the grocery store and get the Archie comics, uh, Ninja Turtles <laughs> comics. Yep, yep. And I loved those. And and now they're all available on Comixology Unlimited, which which I think is amazing. They got really good too. Like I remember around the sort of early 90s or so, they stopped trying to be the cartoon and they sort of just started doing their own thing and – like they really shook up the status quo of, of the sort of Ninja Turtles universe at, at the time where like they split up sort of Krang and Shredder and and Bebop and Rocksteady and that sort of thing and split them all up and it's like, yeah, they're not like a, a – not that they're not a threat, but they're not sort of – it's not the standard like, well, the baddies live here and the goodies are here and off they, they just keep coming across one another. It was a real – like Shredder got sent to prison and then – they heard that he escaped, but you just sort of run across him here and there. And Krang was like banished to some toxic planet and things like that. And it was like, it wasn't just a case of, oh yeah, all the, all the bad guys, you know, from the show are all together in the Technodrome forever. Like they always are. And they delved into a lot of um, like dark for the time and dark for that sort of kids comic, but there's some darker shit in there. Like, especially with the, they come across like their future selves at one point and like, yeah, it's pretty full on. So, um, that was quite good. Yeah. But I always assumed with Batman, he was like the turtles where it's sort of a, it's a time saver. Like you got these comic artists that are drawing these pages and it's like, well, there's, there's sort of, if you, if you don't draw in the pupils, if that saves you sort of 10 seconds here and 10 seconds there, like that's going to end up to like an hour by the end of the day or something like that. <laughs> you can draw more time. It's like with the, the old cartoons, like why Bugs Bunny and Mickey Mouse and stuff, they only have four fingers. Yeah. Because you don't have to animate the extra finger. So it's just, fuck it. They have a thumb and three fingers. It's just easier to to animate and less less time and less effort and money and things like that. So I always sort of thought that that's how it had come about. Uh, and then, of course, someone's gone, well, why doesn't he have pupils when he puts the mask on? Oh, they must be lenses or it must be more of a, a goggles or something. So there's always someone to right. figure out a reason <laughs> yeah, for, for just For those design. of us who have just thought too much about it. Yeah. And it's like it's like the little fins and spikes type thing that he has, that Batman has on his on his gloves. Like they were drawn in the comics just because they looked cool. But then in Batman Begins, it's like, oh, they're for catching and snapping swords when you're a ninja and things like that. So it's like, okay. Yeah. They found a read. It's sort of like a, what's the word? Reverse engineering uh, yeah. ideas, I guess. It's like, how, how, what, what would that be for? Oh, they just did it because it looked cool. So, <laughs> but I, and even Frank Miller did it in The Dark Knight with the, why does he have this big yellow symbol on his chest? It's like, well, Oh well, what if he did that because he makes that a target, so people shoot at his chest, which has got Kevlar underneath it, and they don't shoot at his head, something like that. So, but the real reason is they just drew it like that because it looked cool, <laughs> right? Yeah, you don't have to you don't have to explain everything, but I guess yeah. uh, with the 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 cutaway eye holes, we can see his whole eye. That was what uh, that was how Mike Mignola drew it 
mm. for the for the most part in the comic. Like if in in the in the shots where Batman is very distant, obviously it's still it's still just a white eye. But in the in the close up shots in those in those original that that original comic, which was just um, you know just a single issue actually, like that that's kind of interesting that. Um, that you know they made this whole it's really the second time that they've done this where they've taken a very short uh compact standalone story and made it into a full-length animated movie the other time being the killing joke yeah this time it was good yeah yeah this this (laughs) is a much a much better implementation than the killing joke for sure because because you know what the stuff that they added was cool they Mm. um and, and i haven't read the original gotham by gaslight but i um you know, they, they kind of in this featurette like filled me in on a lot of the changes. Uh, they they added a lot more of the Batman mythology into this Victorian era. So the original didn't have quite so many characters. Um, I don't know. It, it maybe didn't have Bullock and Isley and Dent or, or all these all these different people. The killer was a different character, it turned out, in the original uh, story. So I don't even know who the killer uh, see, was. I haven't read the comic for this one either yeah. so yeah that's interesting because that was one disappointment i kind of had with it as well but we'll probably get to that yeah having looked at like because i've just sort of skimmed through images of the of the comic it does look like they've um uh done a faith pretty faithful adaptation as far as the look and feel of it and i mean it's definitely a like when it started i sort of got almost sort of uh like a bit of a shock to the system, of course, when, when they started talking about being in Gotham. And I was like, oh, of course. Like, of course they're in Gotham. I was watching it going, all right, well, they're in London. <laughs> right. In, in, you know, Victorian era London. And then someone, one of the characters early on said something about well, we're here at Gotham, blah blah blah. And I'm like, oh, fuck, of course they're in Gotham. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's right there in the name of the thing, right? Yeah, no, I know, right? <laughs> but I guess just the the animation and and the, the look and feel of of their their um, Victorian Gotham. Obviously, it's meant to look just like Victorian London because of the Jack the Ripper connection and stuff. But yeah, that's how that's how good a job I I thought they did of the uh, of the animation and the, and sort of the background art and the setting and things like that. That yeah, when it was. <laughs> I had to actually remember it was in Gotham City. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the whole I I really I really dug the the setting of it. You know, from uh, from the World's Fair to like Batman's townhouse, the the city had this. You know, it was very very brick. Like everything was very all these kind of arched doorways and things like that. And I love how there are just all these stairs in the city. There's this weird kind of verticality to it. It reminded me of the video game Simon's Quest. Have <laughs> you ever played Simon's Quest? Yeah. <laughs> Where you go into a town and the town's like maybe six screens long, but you can also go up like three stories. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's great. And, and I love Simon's Quest. And those t- like I, I've played that game enough that those towns are so freaky, you know, like at, at night, like they're full of zombies and the only door that's open is the church where they'll heal you. Yeah. yeah, it's like come on in. Yeah. yeah, and then and then during the day, there's like these these people who are just like sometimes they're lying to you, and sometimes they just want to take your money. It's it's uh, it's an <laughs> underrated game, I think. But uh, straight away with this movie, when obviously like it started off, and and Batman saves this this couple from being robbed, and and straight away like the three kids, I'm like, oh hello, oh. <laughs> like. 
hey, Dickie, we've got to get out of here. Or, Shut up, Jason, or something. And then I thought, oh, the other kid's Tim. They're like, oh, hey, it's okay, Timmy. I was like, yeah. <laughs> there we go. I was like, oh, that was cool because I thought that was a cool way of, like, getting the Robins in. That was, and they, and call even them, the, they call themselves the outsiders. But, yeah, that was, that was kind of neat to have them being, like, the uh, the Oliver Twist orphans, you know. Yeah, I thought that was really good. Like, well, they're because that was, and it also kind of ties into um, Jason Todd's um, origin as well, in a sense, because he, at the time when he's when he sort of just before he becomes Robin, he's sort of living on the streets and stealing tires and off the Batmobile and things like that. So I thought they did that really well. So, yeah, but I was surprised at the amount of characters that showed up. Um, yeah. Well, also in that opening sequence, they they throw poison ivy in there just to look sexy for a minute and then get murdered. Yeah, yeah, that was odd. Like when they said, "Oh, it's ivy," I'm like, "Okay, yeah, cool." And then I thought, "Oh, she's gonna." I don't know. I thought at first when, like, the guys uh, who is the Ripper, obviously, is like stalking her and she's like oh come with me blah blah, blah. i thought ah oh, this will be like a fake out where you think that that's the ripper but it's not because ivy's gonna kill him with her like poison ivy powers and then the ripper's gonna show up or something like that but it was just like yeah no stab time there's like, there's nothing fuck. nothing special about ivy she's she's just a she's just some chick yeah i mean what she yeah. i mean she's a she's a, a a dancer and uh um, I mean, the way she acts, probably also a prostitute, and mm. no, she doesn't doesn't do so hot. Um, yeah. Which which is a weird kind of a weird way to open to to, to treat a beloved character that way, but uh, especially with Poison Ivy too, because like her whole character is kind of about like like no man gets the better of Poison Ivy type right. thing, you know? It's that kind of yeah. like I don't know, I want to say feminist because it's it's sort of I don't know, it throws sort of a a, a I don't know what the word is there, like a stigma to it. Like, oh, she's this feminist character. It's like, eh, but she's a villain too. So he's sort of muddying the waters there. But she is very sort of always been this strong sort of female character. And yeah, she's a villain. But a lot of, like a lot of the Batman villains, she sort of is right in her own head. Um, and again, when we when Poison Ivy turned up in Batman and Harley Quinn, which we covered, mm-hmm. Even in that, she was like, oh, I sort of want to do this because it's going to save the world and the environment. But she was still torn. Like, she didn't want to just go murdering people just for fun. She's not the Joker and she's not Two-Face who's kind of like, oh, fuck it. I flip a coin and shoot people. Let's. So to have her as sort of just the this, this stereotypical, like, uh, victim straight up was just like, oh, fuck. That's a, yeah, that's way different. Like, yeah. I thought that could have been like. I don't know if they'd have thrown that in as like this is Vicky Vale or it's uh, Renee Montoya or some other just some other <laughs> right. female character that they just dragged out of the yeah, but the yeah, to make to make it Poison Ivy. But I guess I mean she has a significance to to Batman because she's you know she's one of these um, one of these orphans who uh, you know whose sister Leslie has has taken care of. Um, why can't I remember that character's name now? Leslie Tompkins. Leslie Tom, yeah, yeah. Doctor Leslie Tompkins from from Batman is now a nun, um, yeah. Who who has uh, with in partnership with Bruce Wayne kind of launched this orphanage where, uh, which is kind of the only refuge in the city, um, 
where you know where these uh, children can go. She's she's like Eliza Hamilton uh, in that sense. <laughs> um, that was interesting. I get where they where they put that spin on Leslie Tompkins. Yeah, yeah, but but she was, and, and then um, then the other character who we meet later on is this is this old drunk lady named Marlene. And that that was one I couldn't figure out because I couldn't tell if she was supposed to be Harley Quinn. She's voiced by Tara Strong, even. Yeah, I was wondering too. I'm like, oh, is that meant to be Harley? Because yeah, the voice was yeah. similar. And then yeah, Marlene and Harleen, and I'm like, oh, is it? But then, yeah, I, I'll have to look. That one didn't sort of ring a bell. Like some names, like when Cyrus Gold turned up, I'm like, oh, <laughs> right, that is. <laughs> I was waiting for him to get killed and thrown in the swamp. But then I, <laughs> I, was, I was like, ah, but yeah, the, the Marlene one sort of threw me a bit. So I guess maybe they. Yeah. I didn't they, know. They, they did, I didn't know Cyrus took, Gold was Solomon Grundy. Oh, okay. Yeah. When they turned off, I'm like, I thought it was going to be Bane at first, not to skip ahead. But when they said something, I was waiting for him to be like, oh, I'm the Bane of this prison or something <laughs> like that because he's in prison and he's this big dude. And I thought, it's got to be Bane. Then when they said Cyrus Gold, I was like, "Ah, oh, there you go, it's Solomon Grundy." <laughs> but yeah, the Marlene one, I, I, I should probably look that up. There's probably somewhere, but there's probably a name from the comic somewhere that I've missed. But um, there's, I, yeah, I that, just, I thought when when they first said Marlene, I thought they said Marlene, but then I was like, "Oh no, they must have said Harlene." <laughs> but no, it was it was Marlene. I don't know. Yeah, um, I'll and, look it up now. And she's she's this old drunk lady at the who. Uh, who I guess lives in the church with Dr. Tompkins some of the time, um, but, but can't keep her act together. But she, uh, you know, late in the story places Bruce Wayne at the scene of uh, one of the murders and, and tries to blackmail him, I guess, and, and gets murdered herself. And that's part of the. Yeah. The she sort of got like a yeah. comeuppance in a sense of, well, that's what you get for trying to frame Batman. <laughs> <laughs> right, except, yeah. Yeah. It, does, it doesn't usually go well although the the dude in uh in the dark knight survives right i forgot his name um in the in the, the movie oh uh, mr reese yeah yeah there you yep. go the, the accountant yeah your plan is to blackmail this person <laughs> <laughs> well, yep i remember all the theories that people were saying too like oh, that guy's gonna be the riddler like you watch in the third movie, he'll be the Riddler, and it's because his name was Mister Reese. So people were saying it was like Mister Reese. I was like, oh, oh yeah, like, oh yeah. It's I not, thought yeah, like Mister it's, it's cool, e. yeah, Enigma, like it's yeah. it's a cool idea. But who is that guy? Like it's just some guy. Like he's they're not going to make a movie with the Riddler and just have like some random background actor as this major character. Like it's like think about it. <laughs> <laughs> There were a couple of little throwaway, like, names that popped up. Like, the police chief turns up and he's, oh, this is terrible. I thought, oh, that's going to be Bullock. And then at one point, like, they just say, that's okay, Chief Bullock. Yeah. We'll, we'll handle this. And you're like, yeah, okay, that's Bullock. Well, it's, it's uh, weird because they also have nicknamed him Bulldog and they go back and forth between calling him Bullock and Bulldog. Yeah. I thought that was <laughs> a little confusing. I always wondered when they first came up with the character as well, like, there's People don't tend to realize it until you mention it, but like there's there's two Harveys. Like yeah, oh, Harvey yeah. Bullock, Harvey Dent. And it's like, can we think of another name for someone? Like yeah. <laughs> Harvey Dent works because 
he's two faced, so he's two halves oh, of a guy. I, I, I so never, I never half, thought of it that way before, man. <laughs> That's yeah. pretty good. He's halfy and yeah. half. You know, yeah, they but, call him half, and you're like, yeah, half. A bullock couldn't have just um, been like Harry or something like that, or uh... yeah, Frank. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The Dent as well sort of was a bit like they really wanted you to think that Dent was the Ripper. I thought in this, I th- I didn't think it was Dent. I thought it was Bullock. Yeah, I didn't think it was Dent, but I thought yeah, the movie the, wanted the Dent me was to one think of because there there were there were a bunch of red red herrings, I guess, throughout the. Throughout the movie, should we? Yeah, should we go? I, I guess we we don't really need to go through it scene by scene necessarily. We've kind of talked about a lot of what happens. Um, yeah, I guess. I mean, I, I we sort of skipped over Selena's intro, I guess. Oh yeah, uh, and and she's she's the other uh, really really major character, and I thought she was really well done in this movie. This this turned out to be a really good Catwoman story, even though she's never Catwoman. Mm. I I particularly like the design of her, like the like they drew her eyes just like cat eyes. And I thought that was really good. Yeah. That was, you know, there's scenes where she's sort of just looking at, at Bruce or she's looking around the room or something and just really like a cat. I thought, Oh, that's pretty cool. It's like, well, we're not going to have her in the costume, but she's still kind of Catwoman. She had the whip and stuff. So. Yeah. And she goes, she goes from like the kind of stage actress, uh, attire of the day to, um, to her, like, her regular going out clothes, which is more like the, a suffragette kind of uh, dress. Yeah. I thought at one point in a stage show that she would be like a cat woman there. I thought that's where they would, they would do it. Like they, they're all dressed up as cats or something, but it's probably a bit too obvious. Yeah. Well, it, it came up, they tend to do. It came up in her backstory that her, her father was a lion tamer and she was a trained circus performer to, uh, uh, to tame the lions and she grew up resenting her father because he was so mean to the lions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess like the good little, um, especially like that sort of stuff really works in this time frame of a movie as well. I thought like, because the orphans living like with the, the Robins, you know, like the orphans living on the street and yeah, like acrobats and stuff like, Oh, a lot of kids had acrobat training because that's what, there was a lot more circuses and there was a lot more of that sort of stuff around in that time because they weren't getting on Netflix, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was all we, and a lot more, like everyone could ride a horse and just stuff like that. So a lot of that classic comic book um, skills that people tend to have, it, it works a lot better the further in the past you go, I think. Because, yeah, I mean, because it goes back, I mean, Batman, you know, he goes back to the late, 1930s right yeah um and so so it's it's we're not going a whole lot further back to um you know the 1890s when jack the ripper and the chicago world's fair were happening you know that like the like in the in as as time kind of compresses like those eras don't seem a whole lot different you know like not like what changed was like a little more industrialization in world war one between jack the ripper and batman yeah, like World War One is kind of the like that's sort of what changed everything, you know, because then you had a lot more industry and and all that kind of stuff. Mechanical stuff took over rather than being water wheels and and like you said, uh, bricks, bricks and 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 wooden steps and things like that. A lot of stuff sort of turned into more 
steel architecture and, and all that sort of things because of based on the the need for it with the war and they were building you know weapons and more bigger guns and all that sort of stuff but yeah the, in it, so for this to be like essentially like what 40 50 years before the, the original batman comic sort of came out then yeah it's not it's really it's like batman's grandfather would have lived in this time so yeah it's 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 not too um and I, and I guess the, the in the in the whole story of Batman, like Batman's grandfather did live in that time. You know, there's always uh, there's always these like three, four generations of Wayne going back, mm. and they've been in Gotham for as long as anybody. Yeah, well, that whole um, the Court of Owls storyline that sort of always oh, yeah. delves back into all that kind of thing. And, and they um, I and I recommend reading that to to anybody. The Court of Owls and, and City of Owls; those are the first. Uh, First big Batman arcs of the new Fifty Two, which mm. I, I guess we'll get into when we talk about Flashpoint. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, the, the new Fifty Two gets shit on quite a bit, but that early run of like the Batman run by Scott Snyder yeah. is still pretty good. It's even though the, pretty pretty much the whole thing, but but the, yeah. the Court of Owls especially. It, it it ends on a bit of a whimper, I found, but. Like the the yeah. run, not the Court of Owls stuff, but yeah. I mean, there's Court of Owls. There's a couple of Joker stories. There's a Riddler story. They all they all work pretty well. Even the the uh, Gordon in the the big robot bunny that sort of works pretty well. Yeah, I kind I kind of <laughs> like that too. <laughs> it works quite well as a, as a good Gordon Gordon taking over the the mantle of Batman. Sort of that was... one of the coolest Batman toys that my son has is the uh, Fisher Price Imaginext. Um, what do they call it? The Ultimate Batbot Extreme, but it's it's a giant version of the big robot bunny suit that that Jim Go- the the super heavy suit that Gordon gets in that uh, storyline. Cool. And except for it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't belong to Jim Gordon. It just belongs to Batman because of course it belongs uh, to Batman. Yeah, um, <laughs> but it's it's just this 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 strikingly beautiful toy. <laughs> You know, it looks like a high-end collectible. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, can I, I ask you, we, we sort of talked about the, um, you know, well, I, I felt that the movie really wanted the audience to think that it was Harvey Dent because of the Two-Face connection. I thought, oh, yeah, they want you to think that he's, at nighttime, he's Two-Face, which is the Ripper type thing, and you thought it was going to be Bullock. Um, I guess the other... Uh, what do you call it, like suspects that they sort of try to throw at you was like Hugo Strange was always going to be up there, I thought. Well, it seemed like it couldn't have been Hugo Strange because he was such a little guy. Like Batman establishes very early on that the the killer is like 6'2", you know, and Hugo Strange is, is, everybody else is kind of a big guy, Um, you know, uh, Gordon and the mayor and Bullock and Harvey, but but Strange is a little guy and, and so it seems like it never could have been him. Yeah, I, I thought for a minute they thought, oh, yeah, maybe him because of the whole, like, it's an educated man and with all the Jack the Ripper stuff. Oh, always, yeah. That's always the, the, in every Jack the Ripper story or movie adaptation or whatever, that, that conversation always comes up. Like, the person doing this is an educated man and they're like, oh, no educated man would do this. It's like, <laughs> I was like, well, he's clearly got some sort of medical training because he's not just stabbing women he's cutting out hearts and things like that so how much do you um, know about uh, about jack the ripper right because that's i'm not i'm not extremely familiar 
you know, other than just the broad strokes that, that, you know, Jack the Ripper was a dude who killed hookers with a knife in London. Um, yeah, there's a bit like not, not a huge amount, but like, I wouldn't, there's a lot more people that know a lot more about it than me, but yeah, I, I remember as a kid, I remember watching, it's weird to say that like, well, I was about 10 or 11 and watched <laughs> this movie about Jack the Ripper, but then Michael Caine was in it of all people. Um, and like, they never really showed anything, so it's not like there was no real. You just would sort of see this guy in a coat and a hat sort of walk down a hallway and or an alleyway, and and then you'd hear the scream, and it would sort of that was the end of the scene type thing. And you're like, oh, he's got another one. Uh, and then the problem with those adaptations is because they never really caught Jack the Ripper officially. They all sort of just trail off as if like, oh, we think it was maybe this guy, but. Well, I guess we'll never know, and they all sort of end the same way. Like, uh, as much as Alan Moore hates it, I kind of liked the the From Hell movie that they did, the Johnny Depp one. I thought that was pretty cool. That one actually sort of had the balls to just go, fuck it, we're going to say it's this guy. This guy <laughs> was Jack the Ripper, and we caught him, and we took care of it. Fuck it, because it's a <laughs> fictional account. So, like, I liked that. They just went, eh. So people were sort of going, oh, but they never caught Jack the Ripper. It's like, yeah, buddy, in our movie we did. So who cares? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, gonna... I, I didn't realize either that they that they never caught Jack the Ripper, and that um, I guess there there every once in a while, like a new story will come out in the news, right? Like it's you know these these sort of sensational news stories will come out, like oh, we've kind of unearthed like one more piece of evidence that might hint at you know something about Jack the Ripper. There's a lot of like what's the word like conspiracy theories and stuff like that about jack the ripper like oh he was a time traveler and all this <laughs> like that's why they never caught him and there's, there's stories that have been written about it and things like that like uh it was really this guy and and that sort of like in it it was i think doctor who did a lot of stuff with it and um yeah but stories I, about a time traveling jet like you, a man yeah. who, who knows that he has to go back in time and kill hookers because otherwise his present will not exist yeah, or well, like that's why he, you know, he was some guy traveling through time, just doing what he wanted to do, and he was killing people, and because they'd never catch him, because then he could go back to, um, I don't know, twenty twenty seven twenty seven or something, you know, like yeah. which would more more time traveling to come when we get to Flashpoint, but yeah, it'll <laughs> it'll it's something like that, and then of course you never never caught him because he just like time warped out of out of existence in a sense so, um you know like they never tracked down marty mcfly either you know like right <laughs> he, yeah. he just vanished one day we, didn't, yeah. didn't, we never we never had happened to that calvin yeah, klein yeah, who was that who was that <laughs> the, the guitar player who made that kid crash into the manure truck <laughs> yeah he just vanished <laughs> so there's a lot of that but i thought with this because they tried to say, oh, look, it's going to be Harvey or it's going to be could be Bullock or Hugo Strange, I thought it's just going to turn out to be the Joker. That's what I thought it was going to be. Like it's going to just be he's going to pull the hat off or something and it's going to be essentially this universe's version of the Joker because I thought, well, yeah, who else is going to just be walking around hacking people up? Oh. No like it's he's gonna the mask the, the 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 hat and the coat's gonna come off or something and you're gonna see his face and it's like he's just gonna laugh or something <laughs> it's like who the hell is that guy I, I still feel like the the important part about 
the Joker character is that is that Batman has to make him somehow. Yeah. And and that's that's one of the things that always has bugged me about the movie The Dark Knight is that the Joker just shows up. You know, he's got no he's got no real connection to Batman other than maybe the idea of Batman kind of emboldened him to be more than what he was before. Yeah, it's kind of almost just like a cause and effect. It's like, well, if you yeah, like create if, this, it's if, sort of if, like if the Batman, world will, then Joker, kind of. Yeah, like the world will balance itself out, which yeah. is yeah. Well, like in the Last Jedi, in a sense, it's like, well, how come and and, and Force Awakens as well to a degree where it's like, well, how come Ray is just so suddenly powerful in the Force? It's like because that's the universe balancing out the dark side of Kylo Ren in a sense. Like, yeah, well, we got, we got bad guys who can stop lasers in midair now. This is, uh, yeah. Shit has yeah. escalated. Oh, speaking of that, if you haven't, I know I kind of shit on it a lot in the episode <laughs> when we did the last Jedi and I have come around a, a little bit. Like it's, I don't have as many problems with it as I did, but the, uh, how it should have ended, on YouTube edition of the last Jedi is fucking brilliant. Like I watched that and I'm like, oh, um, this more than any other, how it should have ended cartoon that they've done is exactly how it should have ended. Like it is amazing. I, I haven't so. seen that one yet, but yeah, they've done and they've, they have not held back with star Wars. Um, their, no. their rogue one was incredible, but I need to go watch the last Jedi. Cause I haven't seen that one yet. And just, yeah, you talking about stopping laser bolts in the air with the force. I just thought, oh, it's just, <laughs> it's amazing. You have to see it. So, yeah, check that out on YouTube for sure because it's brilliant. But, yeah, I thought that it, it would turn out to be sort of this Victorian era Joker because not only is he just sort of some random killing women in a sense but like no one ever knew who jack the ripper was no one ever really knows who the joker is in a sense so there's that connection also the name jack is also brought oh, up quite yeah. a lot with the joker like he's like he's sometimes he's jack he's, napier sometimes he's jack nicholson yeah <laughs> sometimes you know like he's 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 just jack and then they like i think in the killing joke comics they call him jack at one point yeah, I think that's uh, right. That's that's the only name he's given, right? We don't have like a last yeah, name for him. They always it, the closest they've ever come to assuming his identity is that he might maybe is Jack someone. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was so. I thought, oh yeah, that that'd be cool. And then of course, like Batman's ultimate villain is, which is the Ripper in this, is going to turn out to be his actual ultimate villain, which is the Joker. But so yeah, I, I was. It's not a case of me going, oh, I think this, and then it's not that, and that's why I was disappointed. But, yeah. yeah, having it turn out to be Jim Gordon, that didn't sort of sit real well with me. Well, I I liked it because, for one, it was a pretty big surprise to me because they gave us a big misdirect early on where Gordon wakes from this nightmare where Jack the Ripper has killed his wife. And he, yeah. you know, he comes he comes downstairs and one of, and one of his first meetings with Batman, I think, his, his wife is already up in the morning. She's getting ready to make him breakfast. And one of his first meetings with Batman before the sun has come up, it's Batman shows up in his backyard. Um, and they they start to establish that that Batman uh, Jim Gordon relationship, you know, but Jim Gordon and this is very intense. You know, he's mm. like, you know, this this is you know my house is the one sort of sanctum from the from the filth of the city or something like that. And I'm going to clean it yeah. up. And, and uh, so the, it, it's not like the clues aren't there, 
But you almost wonder if like, so he's having this nightmare, not about Jack the Ripper killing his wife, but about him killing his own wife. Mm. And, you know, we see, we see later on, like the things that he's done to hurt her. Um, and, and all of the, the, the reasoning I think that they put kind of behind him, right. Like that he's this, uh, um, like a, like a civil war, uh, combat medic and, and just the stuff that he's seen and the, um, I guess the reasons for his twisted brand of misogyny, you know, where, where he's seen like good men get sick and die and blames it on these women. Yeah. Um, There's quite a bit of that in the movie actually. Like it is. Yeah. I could see people having a, like an issue with it in the sense that like, there is a fair bit of misogyny in this movie. Like Harvey Dent, you know, like once he gets, uh, rejected by Selena, like he's real, just full on too. Like, Oh, oh he's, he's a, a, he's a real dick. and all this. It's like, Jesus Christ. Like, uh, like it's a real, ah, uh, well, you don't, you know, I like you. Do you like me? Oh, you don't. Oh, well, fuck you then. Yeah. You're just a <laughs> right. whore and a slut and all this. And it's like, oh, Jesus, Harvey Dent, who's, like, who's already like a married man carrying on this, this affair with the stage actress. And, uh, yeah. I like that they mentioned Gilder as well. I'm like, yeah, yeah. anything that takes me back to the long Halloween, that's the way. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. But yeah, it is quite, I guess it's meant to be in a sense because you think, well, a lot of attitudes back then were just like, oh, women are either just, they're either nuns or sluts. That's kind of the, that was sort of the attitude of a lot of those like um, upper crust Victorian era men sort of had. And it was like, well, so they, and that's part of the reason why a lot of Jack the Ripper, like why the police investigations historically weren't that uh, involved or accurate because they were like, who cares? They're just prostitutes. Like, meh. no one really gave a shit. They were like, eh, I don't care. Which they sort of brought up at the start of this movie too. It was like, oh, well, if the women being killed were from wherever it is, um, you know, Gotham Heights or whatever yeah. name they gave it then the police would have been all over it. But because it's just some like street walkers and no one cares. It's like, yeah, well that's kind of what happened in, in real life with Jack the Ripper. They just went, oh, who cares? They're just prostitutes. Like that's what they get type thing. It was like, oh, Jesus. Like even today, if someone was going around killing prostitutes, they'd at least investigate it. And no one would sort of fob it off as, oh, well too, too right. bad. It's like, you know, so I guess that kind of worked, but yeah, with Gordon, I just felt it was a little bit. I, I mean, know, they, like they, they laid it on really one. thick, you know. The- yeah, I just like Gordon's always sort of the one. I guess that's why it worked in a sense because Gordon's Gordon's always the one like he's like the the one good man in the Batman mythos, you know. Like even Bat, he, he's even like a better person than Batman. Um, as far as like morality and things like that go, so, um, so yeah, to see him as as this ripper, and then when he turns, like he turns complete one eighty, and now in, into this full on psychopath. But yeah, I didn't hate it, but I just thought I don't know, maybe maybe it would have been, I don't know, it was too obvious to be Harvey and and. And I guess they didn't want to, for whatever reason, they didn't bring the Joker into it. But yeah, I, I still think they did it well. Yeah, I, I felt like it, it felt to me like they, there's so many of these stories that are like early Batman 
and it felt like one of those to me, like one of the, like a a year one type of story, you know, where he's he's meeting Gordon for the first time, and um, you know, there's there's other elements that make it feel really like in this one, it's it's very early on. He hasn't been Batman very long, to the point where a lot of the people in Gotham think that Batman is also Jack the Ripper because they've sort of appeared around the same time. And yeah, it's a, with yeah, a bit like the um, Phantasm, you right? Know, like, oh, it must be Batman. It's a guy yeah. in a cape. Oh, ba- Batman did it. There's, there's mm. a guy, um, <laughs> somebody in a cape. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it seems like in these type of stories, they almost never bring the Joker into it. The Joker kind of comes around in the second one. You know, like the, like he, Joker is mm-hmm. not in. Uh, Batman Year One, but he shows up in the Long Halloween, you know. Yeah, he's just mentioned at the end. Yeah, of uh, Year One, where it's like, oh, someone's going to poison the water supply. He calls himself the Joker. Like, yeah. <laughs> but then that works, I guess, because he is a reaction to, like we said, he is sort of the reaction. The world, the universe, whatever you want to call it, reaction to Batman is the Joker. And then most times it's because, I guess, he's he's already run across Batman as, as whether he's red hood or whether he's just some low level gangster or whatever. And he's been turned into the Joker and yeah, he's, he's sort of yet to reveal himself. So I, I thought there might've been a stinger or a little teaser or something at the end of this one as well, because of that, I thought, Oh, okay. Who isn't it? Cause it, it just ended as well. <laughs> Like it was yeah, well, another case of like the Harley Quinn one where it was just like, but hang on, it's oh, it's finished. No, it was. <laughs> it had a little bit more of a of a bow on it. I don't know. Like they they've, you know, Gordon is 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 burned. That was the one thing I didn't like about the movie. The whole I, I thought the action was very good. The, the, they've gotten mm. so good, and, and Bruce Tim the way that he just does fighting. You know, watching watching guys fight. And in this one, them having this kind of older, like almost boxing fighting style. Um, yeah, like a bare knuckles. Yeah, Batman yeah. squaring off of the Ripper. That was really cool and really well done throughout. And then um, only in the very end when Gordon lights himself on fire did, did anything in the movie really look cheesy to me. Mm. Like that was that was kind of done with these computer effects that just didn't it didn't look right. Yeah, you know, he well, just kind of he, he goes up like a like a tinderbox, you know. It's, yeah, it's just all of a sudden. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's, he just he, he goes over and touches some fire, and he's like the Human Torch in a second. Yeah, like I gotta get out of here. Flame on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But I then, did notice though in a lot of those older movies and stuff, like the Agatha Christie movies and and things that, like set in this kind of time, like a lot more of the the villains do tend to just kill themselves. Um, so I don't know whether that was more of a trait of the time, like, oh, I'm going to go to jail. Well, I'll just kill myself. Like, it seemed, people seemed a lot, I don't know, it seems like a lot a lot of villains and, and people that get found out in these type of movies and stuff, they just kill themselves rather than go to prison or whatever. So um, whereas these days it's like, no, you need the hero. It's probably more of a writing thing than anything, but now it's like, no, 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 we need, you need your hero to be the one responsible for bringing the villain down, not just. Yeah. And, and the hero and almost like, has to, has to save the villain from themselves sometime, you know, like yeah. one thing that Batman does so frequently is to, is to not just bring the villain down, but also like save them from the, because in the end of these stories, there's always 
a, a Ferris wheel that's on fire. You know, there's always something like that. Yeah, there's always the uh, building's going to explode or yeah. trapped in this or that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And ba- Batman pulls you out of that usually. And uh, but in in mm. Victorian times, it was harder to do. He didn't have all the same gadgets and stuff like that. These guys. I like that they. For the, there's this one little split second where just before he throws like his little smoke bombs or whatever they are, you you see it. So he pulls out and it's like this little liquid thing in a glass vial. Yeah. Thing, and then chucked it. I'm like, oh, that's cool. So you don't need to know exactly what it is, but you're like, all right, it's not just, I'm just throwing smoke pellets because just go with it. It's like, no, he has the Victorian sort of chemical version of some of that. You know, like if I throw this in the glass, it'll, it'll expose to the yeah. air. And, you know, so that was cool. And I, I also but, liked when, uh, when he slips Gordon's handcuffs and he, and he says, I paid, I paid Houdini $300 to teach me that trick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The money stuff in these sorts of things are always funny too, where it's like, you know, oh, 20 bucks. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Even um, in the prison, you know, like get this to Bruce Wayne's um, butler or whatever he says, and I'll give you whatever he said, $500 or something like that. And the guy's like, Oh my God. And he's like, Oh, you know, well, if you get there in thirty minutes, it'll be a thousand or was, whatever he says. No, it was it wasn't even that much. It was way well, lower. It was, it was like it was like yeah. it was a hundred dollars and two hundred maybe, something um, like that. Yeah, but, but yeah, a lot of money for the eighteen nineties, I guess. Yeah, but I, I, I in general, I thought it was pretty good. I thought they did a good job with the characters. Like I said, I, I yeah. marked out a little bit with Cyrus Gold turning up <laughs> and uh, things like that. But I like but a yeah. good I like a good Batman Catwoman romance. And and this was a good one. Yeah, There's I thought the, the voice stuff was good too. Like I know we're gonna move on to Flashpoint, but yeah, like the it, it, it like Bruce Greenwood has been Batman before when he was in um, Under the Hood or Under the Red Hood. Oh, he's Batman in that, uh, and he did a good job. I thought. But um, in this, yeah, I thought he was good too. And then I was surprised at, at Catwoman because, or Selena Kyle because when it came up, Jennifer Carpenter, I'm like, oh, that's the, the girl from Dexter. And she sounded like completely different in this. So I thought like she did a really good job of sort of not sounding like Deborah. So I don't see, I didn't see Dexter and I'm wondering if I've seen her in anything else. She was in The uh, Exorcism of Emily Rose, yeah. I think it's called. The Exorcism of Emily something. Yeah. She was, she was in White Chicks. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I don't think. Uh, although she uh, she voiced Black Widow in a uh, Avengers cartoon. Yeah. Avengers yeah. Confidential Black Widow and Punisher. <laughs> but yeah, I, I thought like she really sounded more like a Selena Kyle in this than she normally does like in Dexter and stuff. So, yeah. And it, um, it very much had the feel of a, of a Batman, the animated series episode, you know, even though they, they tried to push it into that Mike Mignola art style, it still, it very much felt like Bruce Tim. And of course, like Bruce, Bruce Tim is, is, you know, one of the, um, I don't know if he directed it necessarily, but certainly one of the lead animators on this movie and on all these movies. And that's part of the reason why they're so good. But, um, it's also the reason why there's a lot of like 
chick stuff too. Like, <laughs> I guarantee you that Ivy, the Ivy sequence was his idea. I guarantee. You. I'm, yeah, I'm sure that, that seems that seems kind of like a classic. Because uh, of the whole the the backlash that he got as well over the Harley. Um, Batman and Harley Quinn stuff as well. He <laughs> he, he sort of cop that. It's so. like, yeah, well, yeah. Um, how do you like me now, Bruce Timm? Yeah, but yeah, he's definitely. I mean, besides that kind of thing, if you can overlook that, uh, he he's definitely one to, you know, like I brought up on one of these other Bat Dads, one that we did that, you know, like Paul Dini is sort of like the guy you should probably get to be like the DC version of Kevin Feige, you know, but him or Bruce Tim, like even get them back together and just go, all right, let's just do it properly. And they would sort of be the guys I would put in charge of. of Yeah. Although you almost, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to say that Bruce Tim should be in a position where he's not drawing things because he's, you know, his art style has become so, uh, so iconic and such an important part of this, uh, DC animated universe. And, it's interesting to see a movie like, um, you know, we talked about the dark Knight returns and they tried so hard to push like the more Frank Miller look and the Korean animators had a hard time with it. They're like, why are you, why are you drawing this so badly? What is going on here? You yeah. know? They, they didn't respond well to it. And so the, the more you make it look like Batman, the animated series, the easier it is, I think for everybody to, to make a good animated feature out of it. Yeah. I thought, yeah, I, I agree with what you were saying too, about the action and stuff like just the, the fights, like you had a real sense of where the characters were when they were fighting. And it's not just the sort of yeah. punches being thrown, but you can't sort of really, not that you can't tell what's going on, but you don't sort of have a, an overall sense of where they are in their, in their surroundings and that kind of stuff. Whereas this one, they did that. They've definitely kind of um, perfected it. So. Yeah, I mean, you you can go see a, a big budget movie where the fights aren't as well choreographed as what is on screen in mm. this movie, which, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's good praise, I think. Yeah, I I liked the the general. Oh, I mean, in general, the movie I, I liked it. It was good as a as an Elseworlds tale, and and yeah, I like I said, I a little bit disappointed that it's gordon in the end who's the ripper but not to any degree that i would like it didn't make me dislike it or anything like that i was just kind of like oh if anything it probably works because you've got my reaction is sort of like oh no gordon like yeah you know <laughs> oh it's a real tragedy now so yeah. isn't it isn't it time that, going, that gordon was the bad guy for once i feel like he's he's yeah. maybe the one batman character that they've never pushed into uh into villainy yeah he's sort the of unassailable good guy and like I said, how the ending, it just sort of finished. But because I thought, oh, I thought we we're going to see more like as far as like the, the World's Fair or whatever it's called, Gotham's Fair is sort of burning down and, and Alfred's driving the, the stage coach or whatever it is. And The, the handsome, and, they call them a handsome. Yeah. <laughs> and you got Bruce and Selena and then the three Robins, they're all kind of there together and they're like, yeah. oh, we'll build something better. And this yeah, and, then, and, and that, that harkens back to like what Batman told them in the beginning of the movie, you know, so it, it, I, I felt like it was a nice little bow. It was enough like the Batman Catwoman romance lives on and, and, and we get the sense that Batman has sort of planted the seeds for a brighter future is even yeah. though the, this pristine uh, World's Fair thing is burning down. I, I thought we were going to get like a scene or something where it's like, you know, one month later or something like that. And well, this is how I would have done it. 
you tell me what you think. Uh, it's a month later, let's say, or two months later or whatever, and Selena's back in the in the show and she's doing her thing and, and all that. And she just, it, the show ends and she could go out the back to the dressing room and she's sort of getting into her suffrage gear again and all that sort of stuff. And I don't know, she would sort of look out the window and just, you know, you could see up on the top of the rooftop that then there's Batman and he's got his three Robins with him. <laughs> why not? They're all there. Yeah. So he's got his he's got his three Robins, and they're in their sort of Robin Victorian version outfit, and um, yeah, and then off they go, sort of swing off into the night type thing or something like that. I thought they were going to do something like that, where it's like, okay, well, we might do another one of these, and now Batman's got his yeah his got his robins to look after the street as well and stuff like that. Yeah, or heck, maybe maybe we get a glimpse of her uh, putting on the Catwoman cowl as well, you know. Yeah, and something like Victoria that. Or, and then I thought we were going to get a stinger of, oh, the Ripper's gone and all this. It's like, oh, there's this new guy that's turned up in this, the Joker or something like that, you know. Okay, cool. Because I mean, I, I don't see why they – I know there was only one comic, but I don't see why they couldn't make a second one of this. And You could do a, a Victorian – joker style story now or a riddler story whatever like i mean harvey dent's still there you can you can fuck him up and he can be two-face again and like i I think there's a good if they do it like as well as this they could do another two or three easy i think and it almost that almost seems like um like a comic book series they would do rather than the cartoons because they with with these Mm. it's so you know they're so limited what they can do because i think it, it takes a lot of resources just to make one you know, and, and they have they've got a they've got to be very choosy. Although, what are they what are they doing next? They they got the Suicide Squad one that is that's out on digital now um, and and uh, on Blu-ray very soon, depending on when we actually release this episode. Um, and then also, isn't there like a two-part Death and Return of Superman coming? Yeah, they're doing a Death of Superman, but it's it's. Which is weird because they did do that Doomsday one. Yeah, Superman Doomsday ago. was one of the one of the older ones. But they're doing a a Batman, a uh, sorry, a Superman, well, basically Death of Superman. It's, but it's, it seems it's, like it's more of a Justice League Death of Superman, story. but also Reign of the Superman that the, the follow up where there's four different Superman. Yeah. Uh, what was it? The Cyborg, With, the Superboy, the Eradicator, and Steel. Yeah, <laughs> Steel. <laughs> <laughs> Steel was pretty great in the comics. I, I never yeah. saw the movie. It's just like uh, his name was it Henry Irons or something. I'm like, uh, John Henry it? Irons. John Henry Irons. Yeah, it's like I'll be Steel. Like okay, yeah. <laughs> it's just, I don't fan of some of those names where they're like well of course his, <laughs> his name is you know yeah. like victor freeze is mr freeze oh for fuck's sake like you could have just been something else right <laughs> but yeah they seem to be doing um because it, it like it's going to carry on i think because they've had like the justice league what was it war uh and justice league Something else. Um, Throne There's of been a couple that have War yeah. and Throne of Atlantis. Th- those are both based on like the um, Jeff Johns New Fifty Two stories. Yeah, but they've actually like it's the same continuity in a sense. Where like yeah. a lot of these are like the the they're just like Batman under and under the Red Hood is is separate to kind of like say. Thing. But then they also they did um, they did. Uh, 
Batman or, or uh, son, son of Batman or Batman's Batman's Son. Yeah, yeah. One, one, I can't remember which one's the graphic novel. One's called Son of Batman. One's called Batman and Son. Mm-hmm. And I think Batman and Son is the uh, movie. Mm. I don't know. Um, so they, I guess they're, they're sort of carrying on that series with the same yeah and they, versions and they, of the characters. They kept they but kept they, that version going with uh, with Batman versus Robin, which is also um, mm. it's also a Court of Owls story. Yeah, I haven't seen that one yet. And before my, I haven't either. I saw I saw Son of Batman or or Batman and Son. And didn't yeah. like, didn't like. Is that, that the one? That's one with Deathstroke in it, isn't it? He's in it. With, yeah, well, because in oh, the yeah. in the comic book, uh, Talia is the main villain, and it's it it makes a lot of sense. And in in the animated version, they decided to make Talia more of like a damsel in distress and make Deathstroke the main villain, and it didn't. Mm. I didn't like that. Yeah, I, I have seen that one. I remember. Yeah, and also there's this very weird sequence in the end where they lower Talia into the Lazarus pit. And as she's going down to the Lazarus pit, like her whole body is submerged, but her boobs are still like above the surface of the Lazarus pit. And it's like, you know, just, why, why? Yeah. Bruce Tim have a hand in that scene, did he? Uh, yeah. Yeah, you know sure, what we uh, should do? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's make it so like her whole body is submerged, but like her boobs are like yeah. the last thing to go under the water. Like we just have like Lazarus titties. We'll call yeah. it that. Oh, How about man. that? And they've gone, Bruce, that's yeah. enough, Bruce. You go make your Gotham by gaslight. All right, then. <laughs> I'm going to make Poison Ivy get murdered and find. <laughs> I'm going to make her a stripper and yeah. a whore. And, uh... <laughs> I, I, did, I did sort of like the way that Poison Ivy was, was characterized, though, because she sort of, uh, she was using those, the you know, the, the, the charms that she would have would have picked up as a sex worker as sort of a defense mechanism, you know, like when you're approached by a big scary man, you deal with him by trying to seduce him. Um, yeah, and, and that was, yeah. that was kind of interesting to, uh, to see that, I guess. It did feel like she was kind of, like I said before at the start where, yeah, it, it was odd to see Ivy as kind of this straight up victim, but yeah, she was trying to kind of lead him somewhere. Like she sort of had a plan. It just didn't work. Yeah. You know, it's like that's all right. Come with me, like rather than just being like, "Oh, run away." Like she, she had a plan to, to lead him somewhere, or she was gonna kill him or something, like to to escape. But it just didn't work out. But yeah. yeah. Whereas nine out of ten times, Ivy gets out of that no problem at all. Oh yeah. Just like that's fine. Here you go. Right. So, yeah. But no, I liked it. I thought it was good. Um, yeah, me too. I think it's it's with so many of these things, it's always hard to say like, is this is this worth going out and spending like the full price of a brand new movie on, or is it yeah. worth waiting? Because these these things they come to HBO, they come to Netflix. Like eventually, you'll you might get a chance to see them. And and uh, I, I'm so seldom let down by uh, these these DCAU movies, though they're always uh, pretty enjoyable. Mm. Should we move on to? Other realities. Yeah, let's just run really fast back in time and start over completely. All right. <laughs> what could go wrong? Sure. <laughs> yeah. So, so Justice League: The Flashpoint Paradox is the the direct-to-video animated adaptation of uh, the Flashpoint comic book crossover, which is uh, one of DC's many universe rebooting events. Um, and in this case, it's the one that kicked off the New Fifty Two, right? Yeah, yeah. This one, I ha- like I said, I hadn't read the Goth- Gotham by Gaslight um, 
comic, but I did I did read Flashpoint because it was five or six issues. But yeah, it's 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 a good read too. I I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, and yeah, it's kind of like a it's almost like the Star Trek reboot in a sense where they were like, well, we it's not really a reboot. It's just that we went back in time and changed things. So that's why this person is here and that person is there. But it's now it's a new universe, so it, we can do whatever we like. So, yeah, Khan can turn up early and, and Kirk dies instead of Spock and things like that. Um, so this is kind of almost, I guess, the, the Justice League version of that where, yeah, <laughs> You get the JJ Flash. Abrams Star Trek. Uh, yeah, I mean it's two years. It, it happened in 2011, which is two years after the Star Trek movie. So yeah, I mean, I mean, but Flash is always messed with timelines and things. But but yeah, it's it sort of then at the end of this Flashpoint comic story, uh, it's kind of like oh, I'm back to in, in the universe and everything's kind of back to normal. It's like ah oh, yeah, but. <laughs> Some, some stuff is a bit different. And he's just sort of like, oh, I guess close enough. Like it's kind of like yeah. a Homer Simpson thing, you know, like eh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> With the toaster, eh, close enough. Um, and then, of course, yeah, if you keep reading the new 52 and, of course, now they've gone into rebirth, it's, yeah, maybe it wasn't all Barry. Maybe yeah. there's a bit of dr manhattan happening as well so yeah right Re- but rebirth leaned pretty heavily on the flashpoint storyline um mm. with well, with wally west and then the watchman characters the what the button turns up in the bat cave i, I don't remember I, I know i read yeah. the rebirth one shot i don't remember everything that happened and zoom spoilers but yeah for for the um doomsday clock it's called the which is sort of this that's happening at the moment which is the watchman slash dc universe kind of crossover but yeah um zoom turns up in that at the very start of that and he's like haha you thought your flashpoint thing got rid of me but you didn't and then it just gets he zooms off and then he comes back and he's like oh he's all fucked up and burnt and shit and he's like i saw god and he's and you're like, ah, oh, we know who you ran into. So <laughs> you ran into the blue dick. Yep. <laughs> <So> watch out. <laughs> yeah, it's like, God, he was really tall and <laughs> wasn't it. wearing any clothes. I saw this huge blue dick. <laughs> that must be God. <laughs> but yeah, so that was, it's, it's, I don't know, it's an interesting story. I'm, I'm reading at the moment that they're, they're on issue four. So yeah. But this is kind of where it all kicked off with, um, and I I thought they did a good job of of turning this into a movie. Like it really is a good standalone animated film, and I think, like to me, this is sort of your perfect Elseworlds story in a sense, where it's like, well, if you went back in time and changed this one thing, this is what could happen. And I think all the character stuff that's like way different. I think it's it's like the three big ones is Batman. Wonder Woman and Aquaman, they're kind of your three major, like, oh, my God, what's happened to these characters that we've known forever. But I think they all make sense, which is good. Like, sometimes you have these kinds of stories where it's just like, oh, we changed the timeline and this person's a villain now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Whereas this is like a real, well, yeah, you've got 
the war between the Atlanteans and the Amazons. And so that's kind of become real personal as well. Um, yeah, so I, I, I kind of forgot yeah. some of the details of this, but I guess Aquaman had an affair with Wonder Woman and, and, uh, yeah, and she, she murdered Mira and that's, that's, yeah. Uh, she's wearing her helmet. You know, oh, yeah. She's wearing, um, Mira's helmet and stuff. And then, yeah, so that sort of has kept the war going and the world has kind of suffered because of it. So. Yeah. And then of course the, the twist that everybody seems to be the most enamored with is that, uh, um, Joe chill kills, um, Bruce Wayne instead of his parents, just, uh, just the boy. Um, yeah. So Thomas which, Wayne goes on to become his own version of Batman. Yeah. And Martha becomes the Joker. Yeah. Which is like really fucked up, but yeah. it works so well. It's, and it's this, oh what's, what's funny is that, that that idea seems to endure so much. And so many fans are so geeked out about the possibility of a flashpoint movie where Jeffrey mm. Dean Morgan is, is Batman. <laughs> and yeah. uh who's who's the other actress from the walking dead who played uh martha in batman versus oh Superman? yeah um, um uh, she's maggie on the show but uh, uh laura is it laura or lauren uh, cohen or cohen yeah i think i want to say laura cohen that's right yeah so and everyone goes oh they're both in um they're both in walking dead together and i'm sitting here going yeah they're both in supernatural too like, come on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Come on, guys. <laughs> Supernatural is a show that everybody keeps telling me I should watch. And I'm just like, no, nah, yeah. I'm not, <laughs> not going to do it. But uh, I don't know. Like after after yeah. hearing Kevin Smith's endorsement of these other shows on the CW, I feel like I, I need to maybe uh, give it a shot. Yeah. You would like it. You would like it. It's not the standard. Like, to me, it's the least CW of all those CW shows. Hmm. Because it's like. Yeah, fuck it. This is happening. All right. Yeah. I, like, our lis- <laughs> listeners know that I'm still I'm still mad at CW for canceling Veronica Mars after season three. So yeah. uh, it goes. It there goes must back, be like- someone from Veronica Mars <laughs> that turns up in Supernatural. Oh no doubt. There must be the amount of people that have been on that show. Uh, yeah, like we said, like Jeffrey Dean Morgan is in it for the first couple of seasons because he's the dad that goes missing, and they, that's the, that's the first season. The dad goes missing. And they go to, they're looking for him. And it's kind of like a Indiana Jones with the Holy Grail, the Grail diary type thing. It's like, well, if we follow his notes, we might track him down. Hmm. Um, but yeah, like Maggie from Walking Dead, she turns up for a bit. And um, who's the girl that's uh, on Arrow? She's uh, Laurel on Arrow. She was in it for a little bit. Uh, yeah, tons of people. Yeah. So, but hey, speaking of impressive cast lists, man, Justice League: The Flashpoint Paradox has some ridiculous voice talent. Oh, absolutely! The one that I couldn't get over is that is that Michael B. Jordan is cyborg. I know Killmonger I himself. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Like I saw this years ago. Um, I knew when it came out. I knew like, I have what... seen Michael B. Jordan's name all over the place for a long time. And I didn't see Creed and hadn't really seen, I didn't see Fantastic Four, the reboot. I, I hadn't seen a lot of his movies, um, but I, I, I knew that, you know, that name is, he's, he's been pretty prolific up to, up to this point now where he's just lighting the world on fire. But yeah, like I, he, he's done a lot of stuff. 
And I do remember when, like, C. Thomas Howells, I remember his name coming up. Oh, because C. I was like, C. oh, C. it's Pony Boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he's in his own Outsiders movie. Uh, <laughs> but uh, as far as the rest of the cast, I never sort of really took any notice. And then when I, I bought this on Blu-ray back when we did our, our Harley and or Batman and Harley Quinn episode, I bought this at the same time just to rewatch it and, and actually own it. And that's when I noticed the cast list because I sort of checked it out more. But, yeah, like you're not wrong. There's Michael B. Jordan and, and, and like Nathan Fillion. Yeah, they got and him. And of course, Nathan Fillion, out. he did he did a lot of Green Lantern voices in these in these animated movies, I think. There was another – there might have been like – was there, were there two Green Lantern standalones? Um, yeah, there's um, – I can't think of their names. But, yeah, there's definitely yeah. two different ones. Yeah, one's um, sort of just like a, a – a, um, a series of Green Lantern stories, as opposed to a yeah, a, like a one-off thing. Yeah, and then Ron yeah, Perlman as Deathstroke. Yeah, <laughs> which is great because people have always said for years that Ron Perlman should be Deathstroke because he looks just like him. It's like yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah, he does. He does. But I don't know, man. I, I Joe Manganiello in, in Justice League was uh, he looked pretty good. Yeah. It, who knows? Who knows if that's ever going to be a thing, or or if they're going to even make another movie beyond Aquaman? Um, yeah. Before they I mean, before they throw the whole universe away, but yeah. <laughs> and of course, um, I could be wrong, but like Donna Delaney is Lois Lane in this. I'm pretty sure wasn't she on the Superman animated show as yeah, well? Yeah, she was on the Superman animated show, but yeah. I know, but I feel like she's in some live action stuff as well. So, because I, she's been, I know she was in Lois, I'm pretty sure she was Lois Lane in um, yeah. Superman versus the Elite. I think she was in that one as well. Yeah, I think, I, I want to say she was in the, in the whole Superman show, but she's got a really interesting career. She was yeah. in China Beach. Yeah. Uh, going way back. <laughs> married to Tom Cruise. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, she was married to Tom Cruise? Yeah. yeah. I didn't know that. Because Tom Cruise has been married three times and he was married to her first and then um, Nicole Kidman and then Katie. I thought there was another... Who's the other actress that I'm thinking of from Austin Powers? Wasn't she married yeah, to that's Tom her. Cruise? Yeah, that's her. What? Isn't it? Or am I thinking of? Let me look. Yeah, that's her. Yeah. Yeah, Mrs. Kensington or whatever. Yeah. Or am I thinking am I getting her mixed up with someone else? I'm trying to <laughs> I'm trying to look at the cast now. Um, no, that Mimi Rogers. Ah, oh, that's who it is. Yeah. Why do I think it's her then? No, nah, I don't know about Dana Delaney. Yeah, uh, she was. Um, yeah, no, you're right. It's Mimi. Ro- yeah, that's weird. Why do I? Oh, there you go. Uh, get those two mixed up for some reason. Wikipedia. It's like Meryl Streep and Glenn Close. I get those two. Yeah. Meryl Streep and Glenn Close. I get those two mixed up all the time as well. Wikipedia doesn't have her. Doesn't list her as being married to anybody. Is that right? There you go. There's our Mimi Rogers Dunn Delaney tangent. Yeah, for the but show. hey, she won a she won a uh, <laughs> Emmy in 1992. Apologies to Donna Delaney. Yeah. I thought you were Mimi Rogers. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but anyway, she's been lost. It's, it's not the worst thing you could say to somebody. Yeah, <laughs> I thought you were right. Mimi Rogers. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, she's been lost Lane quite a bit, and then for her to pop up in this as well as yeah. uh, Kevin Conroy. And then, like we said, Nathan Fillion. 
And it's, uh, you know, it's funny because um, Superman, the animated series, doesn't get the kind of love that Batman, the animated series does. But no. she was, th- that was a very good portrayal of Lois Lane. Yeah, like that was, that was a good show. Like I thought everything yeah. they did was, like I liked their Lex Luthor. I liked um, how yeah, they Cl- handled. Clancy the- Brown is one of the best ever Lex Luthers. Yeah. I liked it how they handled Darkseid, I think, is perfect. And then, of course, he, he carried on over to when they did Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. But all that stuff, I thought, yeah, like it it was good. And you needed it. I think a lot of people didn't like it. or Not that they didn't like it, but I don't think it got the same reaction as the Batman animated series But because it was different from the Batman animated series. But it's like, yeah, but it's Superman. It's not Batman. Yeah. It should be different. It should be all bright and sunny and hopeful. That's that's why when they come together they clash. So, but I thought this movie started off really well too with the um like where you see young Barry at the on the side of the road with the with his mother they've broken down. He's like, why don't people help us type thing and and you sort of already get that set up of of how even as a kid he he wanted to help people. So it, it's just and that sort of plays into his whole character in a sense. Yeah, and I guess I've got to I've got to confess it's been a it's been a while since I've seen this movie, <laughs> so I'm not I'm not super fresh on all the on all the plot details. I just watched Gaslight, um, and and haven't watched this one, um, but but there I mean there are definitely some moments in it that have stuck with me. Some of the most intense moments I think of of any of these animated movies. Yeah, so yeah, the movie kind of kicked off with Barry as a kid, and you see him with his mother, and then he. He comes, you know, they're, they're broken down on the side of the road, but then you, you quickly get to the part where he, he comes home and it's his mother's birthday and, because she's been killed and he's like, oh, no. And then it just sort of flash forward, no pun intended, to uh, <laughs> to present day and he's sort of taking on the uh, the rogues, I guess, which um, is pretty awesome because not only do we get Captain Cold and Heat Wave and, Mirror Master and those guys, but of course we get Captain Boomerang, Captain the Boomerang. greatest, the greatest of all Flash villains. <laughs> I think Adam yeah, would like argue with you. On that. Adam used to have this awesome <laughs> Mirror Master action figure back, uh, back in college for some reason. <laughs> that was the like the most obscure toy I think that anybody I knew had was Mirror Master. Yeah, yeah, that's a weird character too because you, it's a weird character in a sense of like how do you narrow down his powers in a sense like he can go in through mirrors and come out again it's like but mirrors aren't a dimension that's a mirror like but it feels it kind of looks like a dimension right i mean visually like you you look in a mirror and you get the sense that oh like what's on the other side you know it it turns out it's just your bathroom wall but yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's right you think like uh there's not i can go with a lot of comic book science for other things, but yeah, yeah, but he, mirrors he, being linked to every other mirror and every other reflective surface in the world, uh, uh, whatever, yeah. we'll go with it. He played an interesting <laughs> role. He was in he was in Justice League Doom. Like he sneaks into the Batcave and helps Vandal Savage steal Batman's plans to kill the Justice League. That's right. Yeah, he's, yeah. he has he's, his moments here and there. He's a he's a villain that you can just you just use him for stuff. He never really does his own thing. That's right. I mean, it's fine to have that kind of those kind of powers, I guess, or like a big fire gun or, or being Captain Cold with being able to freeze stuff and all that. But really, if you're fighting a man who can move faster than light, 
you really need like to throw boomerangs. Yeah, that's. that's I mean, that's like, the obvious choice. <laughs> well, I mean, of course, like, yeah, nothing's faster than a boomerang. Yeah, well, <laughs> you, you have the Flash. By his very nature, only really focuses on moving in one direction, but your boomerangs go in kind of two different directions and they spin. That's right. And if anything's <laughs> going to mess him up, yeah, I'm on board with that. <laughs> but I, I liked how they use the rogues in this because they're not just there randomly like they've been sort of orchestrated by uh well like they keep calling him zoom in this which he is but it's reverse flash like we always call him reverse flash um i guess his name is like well he's earbud thorn but they sort of it's like he's professor zoom the reverse flash like it's kind of a, a double moniker in a sense but i liked it that he's kind of the one behind it just to taunt Barry and stuff like that. And then of course that's why Barry can't like stop thinking about like the death of his mother and stuff like that. And then that leads to which like the next day, which when I first saw it, I thought, Oh, hang on, something's gone wrong here. Like, cause I've skipped over a part. Like he just wakes up and the world is different. <laughs> it's like the hangover. It's like, he just yeah. went on this bender where he changed the time stream and doesn't really remember doing it. <laughs> Yeah, and you don't even see him. Like, normally, they would show you that. They would show you, he'd, he's, oh, I'm going to go back in time and, and change the world. And that's what they did on the Flash TV show that they've got running at the moment. You see him actually go back and, and stop Thorn and save his mother and everything's fine. And then when he gets back to present day, it's all different. But with this, it just kind of like he feels sad about his mother uh, and then the next day, everything's different. You know, like oh, but looking back, it's a real, it's a good way of doing it because if you weren't sort of aware of every little detail of the Flash or sort of the Flash's powers and stuff, I think it's a really you're kind of discovering the the new universe alongside Barry. So I think it really works. Yeah, I thought it was kind of cool too. But I. Yeah, the, the main the main sort of crux of the movie, like we said, is sort of the the war between Aquaman and Wonder Woman. Uh, and, like, that gets pretty brutal at points where they just, like, Steve Trevor gets killed and, and um, you know, Lois Lane is kind of this, I don't know what you call it, like, she's still a reporter, but she's sort of this. Yeah, she's um, kind of an embedded war reporter and she's, uh, yeah. she's kind of caught over there, right? She's, she can't escape. Yeah, she's kind of trapped in. I think they're in yeah. France, um, somewhere in Europe. Anyway, like half this, of it's under water. This is London. And stuff. Yeah, a lot of Europe has been sunk by the Atlanteans, and mm. um, that's that's the the front for this war between the Amazons and Atlanteans. But yeah, I, I liked how they did that. Like, they just sort of like this is what Wonder Woman could be. Like, if you sort of put her in motion as a as a full on like warrior. Uh, leader type like wartime general type thing like she's she's gonna go she won't stop she's gonna go full on she's in no compromises which are all still um true to her character in when she's sort of hero wonder woman but yeah you put her on this path and she's she's not gonna stop which is which is good i, I really liked it and because aquaman's just you know shitty because obviously like wonder woman has killed mirror and neither one of them are stopping the war 
for the even if they're going to win the war, it's become real personal. So, um, yeah, I liked how they did that. I thought it was cool. But uh, what what I'm guessing you you probably love this movie as well because we get we get full on murder bats as well. Yeah, not, I mean not just a murder bats, but a but a bat dad, bat dad. That's right. Slash murder bats. Yeah, and and he drinks heavily. Yeah, <laughs> and he's got like the heaviest beard shadow ever. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's Just like there's not really yeah. a lot of evidence that he even leads much of a double life as as Thomas Wayne, right? Like he's basically in there just fully committed to <laughs> to drinking and killing. Yep. <laughs> kind of like but the, see like I you know, I brought up many times in our in our podcasts how I I disagree with Batman killing people. Uh in general as a character thing, not because it's like, oh, he he's too good for that or or once he kills one person, he'll kill others. And that's kind of the excuse that's given by DC Comics and stuff like that. But to me, it doesn't make sense that you would have a costume to frighten people and all your weapons and things like that would be non-lethal um, if you're just going to kill people anyway. So why not have these lethal versions of the batarang and and all that sort of shit which kind of what it's a good point because if you're if you're really just there to kill people like you may as well just be the punisher you know just 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 have kind of like tactical gear um and maybe like why does he why does he like catch them in a net still and why does he you know like leave them tied up for the like for the police and stuff like that well because he's not killing them so when you have like affleck I know it's meant to be that he was never like that and he sort of lost his way and, and thought like, fuck it, I'm just going to kill people. I'm just going to kill the bad guys That's now. Been, because- it's, it's weird because like I, I have, I think I wrote kind of a whole backstory for him in my head, but now uh, Zack Snyder on this social network called Vero, which I think the only reason anybody uses it is to hear this weird stuff that Zack Snyder keeps saying. <laughs> I, I, I want to say that like Zack Snyder probably owns like a majority stake in Vero or something like that. And like, so, so he's probably. the only person using it. <laughs> and but, so thank goodness Batman news in account, but Zack Snyder keeps like leaking out like what, what he thinks like, or what, what in his mind was the backstory of this, of, of his Batman. Um, and some of it is is like okay, like that, that's pretty obvious. Like, like Batman was drinking a lot and having a lot of sex because he wasn't like <laughs> because he was not feeling good about himself. Um, but also um, other things I I don't like as much. Like one one was that like oh Batman just abandoned Wayne Manor when he was eighteen because he didn't want to live in there anymore, or that that the Robin who died was actually Dick Grayson and. Yeah, it seems I've seen that stuff come out now yeah. as well, and it's kind of like, yeah, just yeah, just leave I, it. I like I like the kind of open ended idea. I like um, I I thought that he very deliberately made that movie in a way that that where you could imagine this as being sort of an alternate uh, sequel to The Dark Knight. You know, where like after yeah, uh, after yeah. Wayne Manor burned down, like like um, you know, Batman could have gone in this direction. Um, instead of where he goes in the Dark Knight Rises, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, I could see that because you think, well, he's kind of broken. Like, I don't, I don't mind it as a sense that it's a one-off thing where it's like, well, Batman is, uh, he's become 
jaded and and broken down by the world and like robin's dead and and, and he sort of keeps seeing like this revolving door in arkham and all that sort of thing and he's like well fuck it i'm just gonna kill him um that's fine but i think as a i don't think they did a good enough job in that movie of getting that across i think it was just like here's batman he kills people mm-hmm. and, and they still they still never did a good enough job like getting him to show remorse and and redeem himself either like those yeah um if 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 they had done just a little bit more with that it would have gone a long way in yeah. uh and i think making those movies is more enjoyable for everyone whereas like with this version where it's not bruce that's the first point of difference where i'm like yeah okay you can do all you like now because it's not bruce it's a, it's a different guy yeah and you think well yeah i think you have a totally different reaction if you're a kid seeing your parents killed than if you're a parent seeing your son killed i think well yeah all right now we understand why he's like fuck it i'm gonna kill people from the start because it's i think it's a completely different um situation which so, is it's interesting though because in the in the canon, we very often have Thomas Wayne held up as this kind of paragon of virtue. Like he's a better guy than Bruce Wayne. He was yeah. a, he was a, a doctor and a philanthropist, um, and and did all this really great stuff. And and um, you know such a. But everyone's least, got that one thing that you just you know. And like I know you weren't a fan of Civil War, but one of my favorite parts of it was at the very end when you know, Steve is trying to tell Tony, like, it, you know, it's not Bucky. Like, he, it's not his fault. He's been brainwashed. And, and Tony's just like, I don't care. He killed my mom. Like, he just doesn't give a fuck. He's just like, no, I'm just going to murder him right now because he killed my mother. Like, I don't care. Like, he's just, he, Tony doesn't, at that point, Tony doesn't give a shit. Like, he's going to kill Bucky. And if he has to kill Steve to get to Bucky, then that's what he's going to do because you've hit that one trigger point in his psyche that is just made that would make him that way. And in all likelihood, I think in that movie, if Tony had been successful, he probably would have just killed himself anyway. Like I could see that hmm. being sort of the end of it. Like because he's killed he's killed let's say he kills Steve to get to Bucky and then kill Bucky. If, well, he's what, killed, do you think do you think he would kill Steve and then maybe stop and be like, Oh no, like I just killed Steve? No, I think, think he would I think it would have driven him even further to kill Bucky because it's like, look what you made me do in a sense. Like I've yeah. had to kill, I've had to kill like the best person ever in a sense, like the, the, the most moral center of, of the, the MCU. He's had to kill Steve Rogers to get, I've had to kill him to get to you. So now I'm not just going to kill you because you killed my parents, but you made me kill Steve as well. Yeah. And then, or, or Tony that, Tony goes outside and then Black Panther kicks his ass. Yeah, yeah, he just <laughs> yeah. Black, Black like, Panther who's just kind of sitting there like like uh, talking to Baron Zemo like <laughs> they're, they're they're like not really doing anything. Tony steps out. out. A beard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Zemo but doesn't get a beer. That. Like T'Challa has his own beer and, and Baron Zemo's like, "Hey, can I have some?" And he's like, "No." <laughs> yeah, I mean that's I mean don't get me wrong, that's way darker than that movie wanted to be, but that's what I think is the logical story point like okay well what happens if tony kills him well he's got to kill steve first and then he has to kill bucky and then what then he's going to sit there and go okay i killed bucky i know that it's not really his fault because he's been brainwashed by um hydra so it's not really his fault that he had to do those things but 
I didn't care. I still killed him. And I had to kill Steve to get to him. So I think, I don't think Tony comes back from that. And that's kind of what uh, Thomas Wayne is like in this movie where he's just like, I don't care. Like, fuck it. Like, it's, it's that, I don't know, the character is it's um, that it's it's meant to be like this version of, the, this universe's version of Harley Quinn. It's like Yo-Yo or something like that because he's, he's trying to track down the Joker, which we don't know at the point is Martha, but it's like, yeah, and he just says, oh, well, like you don't know where, where the Joker is and uh, just throws her off the roof. It's like, yeah. <laughs> and it's only because Cyborg saves her that he's just like, well, that, she, that she lives. Did they actually show us? They don't show us the Joker in the animated version, right? We, we just we just kind of get like some hints at who she is, um, a photo maybe, right? Like there's not there's not a whole you lot see of- it. You see it because she's, she's there crying and she's got the blood on her hand and she – She's got her hand to her face and she pulls her hand away and she's got like the Joker smile. Okay. And she's kind of like, yeah. But there's no, of, there's no like Batman and versus the Joker showdown. No, no. Um, you just, this is what happened. Yeah. Um, yeah. Bruce is killed instead. And Martha kind of, it kind of cracks Martha as well. And she's got blood on her hand and the blood ends up like across her mouth, like a Joker smile. And then she's kind of like, ha 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 ha. She starts cracking up. And then, yeah, there is a whole – they did the Flashpoint comic. There is sort of a spin-off comic of all the characters as well. So you can read, like, Flashpoint Aquaman, Flashpoint Batman, Flashpoint Wonder Woman um, as kind of like a background to, to the story. But um, And that one details the, the Thomas versus Martha, essentially. Um, but, yeah, I think that being that Bruce is killed and Thomas is just like whatever, he's happy to throw – uh, pretty sure it was Yo-Yo or something like that. Throw her off the roof and all this, and she gets rescued by Cyborg. And he basically just says, "Hey, you should have let her. You should have let her hit the ground or whatever it was." <laughs> so, like, he is just brutal. And we're like, "Yep, cool. I can get behind that because one, it's not Bruce, and two, yeah, I think, I think seeing Thomas Wayne, who is like we said, this beacon of of virtue and that kind of stuff." typically, um, especially when you get stuff from Bruce's point of view, like his dad's always put up on a pedestal, to see him completely like turn into this like out-and-out killer, I think it, it works really well because then it's a real sort of tragic um, tragic turn for, for this version of Batman, which is pretty cool. And he's been this really – this really enduring Batman too. Like I think I mentioned already that he's, he's a fan favorite, you know, and people have this mm. affection for him that they're never going to have for, for Ben Affleck's murder bats. Um, and uh, to the point where, like I was talking about these, you know, these Imagine X Fisher price kids figures that my son collects. There's a, they've, they're in their fourth blind bag series of DC characters now. And you can <laughs> actually get a flashpoint Batman and flashpoint wonder woman. Oh, nice! That's yeah. cool. In in, in Fisher yeah. Price, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I always like the design too. I like the the red symbol, um, or the red circle behind the symbol and the red eyes. I thought that was pretty cool for for a Batman. And I like the way his yeah. cape is always. I mean, Batman's cape is always kind of. Um, I don't know what the word is. Like jagged is the wrong word, but the the ends of it. Like a bat, but this one's like a real kind of—I um, don't know—it's like a Tim, real Tim Burton-y type. Does he have the pointy uh, shoulders as well? 
Yeah, he's got the super pointy shoulders. Cause, yeah, because I, I, I know it, I read uh, I read all of Nightfall recently back when Batman had pointier shoulders. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I want to say like at the end of Nightfall, he comes back and he gets rid of the pointy shoulders, and everybody's like, "Hey, whoa, hey, where, where's the where's the pointy shoulders, Bruce?" Yeah, <laughs> he's like, "Yeah, no." <laughs> yeah, well, the shoulders kind of always like when with the pointy shoulders, it's kind of like they're the thumbs of the bat, I guess. Like if you know, like oh, you. Yeah. The bat wings are kind of like fingers in a sense, and the, the thumbs are the the pointy shoulder parts. But most times, yeah, they don't. I'm not a fan of that design in 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 general. But for Thomas Wayne, I, I like it because it he looks a lot scarier as Batman than than Bruce does. But that's because he's more like we said he's he will just outright kill you. So yeah. <laughs> fuck it. <laughs> it's like he's not in any way trying to catch criminals or prevent crime he's just out to kill people and most of that's probably just because he's just got a death wish and stuff as well so but yeah I like, I like that i like this version of batman as well simply because it's not bruce yeah so so the flash though who's kind of our anchor in the story has he wakes up he has no powers and after yeah, he's kind of he's he's felt this world out and he's met batman yeah he's he's um like attempts to come to be the Flash again are quite. Right. I don't know. It's it's sort of comical, and it's I know it's not meant to be, but you can't, like even Batman's like, really, like you're just gonna pour some <laughs> chemicals on you on yourself and hope you get struck by lightning. <laughs> like, this, just, believe me, this works. Yeah, like what? And then because it doesn't work at first. Yeah. And he's all like burnt to shit. Um. Yeah, and Batman's just like, see. <laughs> fucking idiot <laughs> but uh but yeah when it does work it's it's pretty cool i like you get that sort of triumphant moment for the flash so that sort of works pretty well what what do you think of like superman in this it, he was i mean he was such a non-entity but it, but like also it seems like i mean at least at first you know they find him uh you know flashpoint superman is not not a beloved version of superman because no. you know because he's emaciated and weak and and uh um doesn't you know he hasn't he hasn't learned to to be superman and to be human in the way that the superman that we know and love has um because he's just been a prisoner of the, the u.s government his whole life yeah and he's, he's been in the um what do you call it like they've kept him away from the yellow sun he's under the red sun lights yeah. all the time and stuff and he's just yeah like because i've seen criticism of that as well it's like oh the first thing superman does it's superman and the first thing he does when he gets out is like uh heat vision some soldier you know like to death type thing it's like yeah but it's not this is not clark kent yeah this is yeah he like, doesn't, he's not raised to have that same moral compass yeah like the main reason that superman is superman is because of he's raised by like Martha and um, Jonathan, like they're the two like again like this moral compass type thing. And it's like they're they're the reason why he's as good as he is. But if you've got this guy who's been in there for what thirty years, let's say um, prisoner of the government and all this kind of stuff, and so he sees soldiers and army people and and whatever as as evil so of course he's just gonna like as soon as he gets this power of course he's gonna be like fuck you so and he does it to save the others as well so it's not like he just 
goes on this murder rampage. He, he he sort of does it to save Batman and Cyborg and stuff like that. So I didn't have a huge problem with Superman being like this. I thought it was um, very an interesting take on it. And I also liked it as well because once once you get Superman into the story, it's kind of like, well, why can't he just take care of everything? So right. having this version of Superman who's not really that effective. Yeah, he can't, he when, can't because he's not – he doesn't really even know who, who his friends are or what, what's yeah. going on. And and that's it. He doesn't know what he's – he's still got to learn his powers. He doesn't know exactly what's happening to him. He doesn't know what the – like he would have no concept of what the world is even for it to even understand like the war with Amazons and right. and Aquaman and stuff like that. So like he wouldn't even like, he wouldn't know what Europe is and he wouldn't know what the United States and all that kind of stuff. He would just be like, I don't know. I've been in this room forever. So, yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's sometimes a little unsatisfying when, when Superman can come in and just be that magic bullet who can fix everything, you know? And, and uh, yeah, which is what they kind of did in justice league. Yeah. That's exactly what I was thinking of. Although, although in that one, it was a little bit, it was kind of cool to see Superman come back. Like that was one of the highlights of the movie. I thought was, yeah, I really enjoyed that part. Like that scene where he's, he doesn't know who he is and he's fighting them all off. And especially yeah. the, with flash where he just eyeballs him. Like, I love that. That's yeah. great. Um, and like the confrontation with wonder woman and all that kind of shit. Like, that's cool. And then when he does turn up to beat up Steppenwolf, you're like, yeah, you're like, fuck yeah. Like now we get Superman. Like, yeah. good, good. Like that was cool. Um, but yeah, in this, it's like, well, I'm like, this version of Superman probably doesn't even realize he's an alien. Because like unless they told him, because right. he's a baby when he arrives, so he he you don't know what he knows, what he's been told. Like he just yeah. So I I like that he's sort of. There's another. Have you ever watched Young Justice? Um, a little bit. That's a that's a great cartoon series, and it uh it was on Netflix. I don't know if it's going if it still is. Um, yeah, I, I keep meaning to. I've seen like a few of them. Yeah. But I keep meaning to sort of go back and watch the whole thing. But, yeah. but there's a there's a Superboy in Young Justice who's a very similar character, where he was um, he was created by Cadmus as like a half human, half Superman clone. Um, oh yeah, yeah. And and you know raised completely underground, and everything he knows was like taught to him by these telepathic monkeys. And uh, of course, so so he's <laughs> like he's he's very angry um at, at all of that stuff and doesn't it yeah, doesn't have that same kind of moral compass um and it's just trying like you know he has a lot of trust issues and and stuff like that yeah that i i'm pretty sure there's a version of that in the comics too where he's yeah like like he's lex luther's clone of he's half lex luther half superman yeah sam and yeah and then so he's essentially clark kent but like a depowered version of him type. yeah he's not yeah, I think, so I think there, there's even maybe an arc in, in Young Justice where he he gets addicted to these patches that Lex Luthor gives him that give him the full powers of Superman. Oh, cool! Because because yeah. like as it is, he only has sort of like half Superman's powers. He can jump really high, but he can't fly. Um, mm. Stuff like that, and then he you know he gets these uh, Luthor gives him these patches that that make him full Superman and, and uh, becomes like a drug for him. Yeah, no, I, I like I I like how they sort of split up the justice league in this, you know, like wonder woman and Aquaman are warring again against each other. Um, yeah. Superman sort of out of the picture. Batman's a different character altogether. Uh, yeah. And they all sort of come together 
at the end to to you know even like Billy Batson gets a bit of a um you know he's a bit of, not a cameo role but he's in it a little bit yeah um but yeah I, I the ending is 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 quite good too because I remember you mentioned this on um was it our Ready Player One show I think where you were like yeah so I'm watching this movie with my kid <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh yeah thorn is is beating the shit out of out of barry and i'm gonna beat you and you can't stop me and all this kind of thing and then you just hear the the um <laughs> hear the uh gunshot and it's just like oh hello yeah <laughs> there's and, murder bats yeah, you through murder bats. thorn's head <laughs> look at you through a hole in his head he's literally blown the guy's face off it's just it's, like, oh. where his face used to be is just an exit wound yeah <laughs> and then yeah it's, I mean yeah. which is which is odd too because in the comic he stabs him like hmm. he stabs him in the back like kind of through the heart type thing because he's like no one can stop you now type thing he's just like well, what about me and they're like oh shit <laughs> like get that in here you know like yeah. it's great and then he does the whole like run Barry you know all that kind of shit but this one, it's like, oh, we have to up the ante. So, yeah, I thought that I don't mind it, but then I wasn't watching it with my son. Right. So. <laughs> if you're watching it with your son, it's a whole different thing. And and that's one of the – like one, one criticism that I have of some of these movies is is, is that yeah, they can – it's it's hard to predict what the tone is going to be like from one movie to the next. You know, you've got yeah. uh, you got this one. Then, you know, Batman and Harley Quinn, which is a little over, over-sexualized. Um or, mm. or some that are just a little, a little too violent. Um, yeah, I think I have but, to but, sort of. But even, even with like the level of, you know, of of sort of violence and, and adult situations that you have like in this movie, like I I wasn't prepared for that. Like I wasn't prepared for that intense of an ending. Yeah, it does seem a bit out of place. You know, kind like, of a, a, a stabbing, like a minimally bloody. Yeah. would have fit I think a little better than, than what we see which is just this crazy gore it just seems like I mean there's other parts in the movie where um, characters are killed and like quite brutally but you don't actually see it like Wonder Woman sort of essentially like hangs Steve Trevor and then kind of like snaps his neck, but you don't sort of like see his head come off or anything like that. You right. know, it's not like, oh, let's make sure you see him with his eyes bugging out and and choking to death and all this kind of stuff. But um, yeah, this one is just like, yep. Yeah. Not only is it like guy gets shot it's in like, the head, but yeah. you see he's, through. His, I don't even remember seeing that in a movie, like a a proper movie. Like, yeah, oh, we see know. through his head. Like, I'm sure there is, but. <laughs> yeah, offhand, I just can't think of anything where it's like, oh yeah, movies where especially in like a hole in somebody's superhero-y head. movie, yeah. like the Watchmen movie was kind of that sort of amped up the violence. Yeah, uh, even even from the comic bit, book but, a little bit, like the, with the, with the bones breaking and stuff like that that they showed in the movie. Yeah, and like what um, Rorschach, like his whole flashback to to the psychiatrist where he's like, oh, he caught the guy that killed this little girl and fed it to his dogs and that kind of shit. Like in the comic, he just chains him to the, to the um, stove or whatever and sets the, sets the building on fire. And he's like, yeah, if you're going to get out, you're going to cut your arm off. And of course he stands out in the front. And, and that's the thing he always says, I, I watched for 
20 minutes, nobody came out. And it's like, yeah, so that, whereas in the movie, he just like hacks him to bits in the head with a bloody meat cleaver. It's like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, that's a bit um, full on. Yeah. Like, does he feed him, think does he he feed him to the do dogs? That. No, he's already yeah. killed the dogs. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he kills the dogs. He kills first. the dogs first. Yeah. yeah. It's not really the dog's fa- fault, but yeah. <laughs> no, that's right. I just found a picture of the comic version of, um, of Murder Bats stabbing reverse flash and if you have a look oh, yeah. you'll see it's a lot it's a, it's a lot um it's a really like big, something like that could have worked in the comic a really just, big sword yeah i think that's wonder woman's sword you're right uh, if i remember correctly um but yeah it's basically like here you go <laughs> like yeah. that sort of thing works because you could even in the, in the animated version you could have the the blade come out you don't have to have blood on it and stuff like that like yeah um if you if you wanted to like you could no one's going to go, oh, that's not realistic. Yeah, but this you have a, I mean, you have like the blood covered sword tip coming right through the reverse flash symbol on his chest. And and even this is really, and, and, and then like some blood spurting out of his mouth and nose as he collapses in the last frame or last yeah. panel. Um, it's still nothing, nothing like the level of violence that we see in the movie where it's. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's a bit, yeah. Like I'm, like I said, it didn't bother me. I thought it was, it's kind of yeah. like a real like badass moment for murder bats. But yeah, is it is this movie f- for kids or not? Because that's not real good for kids. But then the rest of it isn't yeah. really harsh enough to just be for adults either. So, like Dark Knight Returns, they went, yep, guess what? Rated R. Don't show your kids this one. Yeah, because we got all kinds of shit going on. But even that didn't have bullet holes in heads, <laughs> right? You know, so it just had like swastika titties, and it had like Joker just out and out shooting people in the in the mirror maze and stuff. But and the stabbing in that is probably the worst of the violence in that movie with with Joker like sort of repeatedly stabbing Batman, but. Yeah, this is another level altogether. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, probably yeah. In, their, in their whole their whole animated universe, you get your your kind of most intense moment of violence right there. Um, yeah, for but, sure. But it is what it is. I don't know. If, and if you're if you're watching this movie, like if I if I were like a high school student, probably watching this movie, I'd be kind of pumped. I'd be like, Whoa, oh yeah, you'd love yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, fuck yeah. Yeah, I only question it. I think when, like when, like you bring it up. Like, oh, well, I was watching with my son and then this yeah. happened. You think, oh, like I didn't even think about it, think twice about it at first. I was just like, oh, fucking hell. Okay, that's pretty full on. Whatever, let's go, you know, next bit. Whereas, yeah, when you mentioned it, I was like, oh, yeah, I guess. Like, and and it's tough to then have to think, well, do you have to watch this first before you, like every, do I have to watch every DC animated movie first before I show it to my son? Like. Yeah, can maybe, I, can I maybe you watch? do. That's that's the that's the yeah. real thing. Is it is it you maybe don't just want to sit down and watch? Um, yeah, that's it's and that's sort of the thing, I guess. That's the one criticism I would have of them in general. It's like, like you said, it's like sort of pick a tone. Like, yeah, if, if you tell me it's Dark Knight Returns or it's um, Killing Joke, and it's it's rated R, but you can't, great, no problem. Like, sorry, kids, you can't watch this yeah. one. Yeah, it makes it makes you wonder why why they choose to just really push it in in certain moments and not in others. And that, I thought Gotham by Gaslight did a good job at least like balancing that out because they they mm. set out to make that almost like a horror movie, 
and you've got these kind of uh, these 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 kind of gross elements, you know, like in the end, you see like these kidneys and jars and stuff mm. like that, all these organs and, and things like that, and it's it's the type of stuff that is kind of you know visceral and scary, but it's consistent with the tone of the movie. Yeah, and plus when you when you say, if you take, say to me this movie is Batman versus Jack the Ripper, I'm like, bro, well, I'm not showing well, a kid that yeah. movie then, yeah, like because it's Jack the Ripper. Like, <laughs> yeah, there's 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 a lot to unpack with Jack the Ripper. It's like it's like yeah, you you, uh, you get this this serial killer who was never caught. Um, yeah. It's like oh well, uh, like who did he kill? It's like well, uh, uh, ladies who uh, their job was to. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So I mean I mean I said at the start of this show, it's probably a good way of wrapping up, we sort of brought it all the way back around to Jack the Ripper, but um you know, like when I was a kid, I was watching heaps of T V shows and movies that I probably shouldn't have been. But it was a different time, you know, like thirty years ago, it wasn't that big a deal for some twelve year old kid to be watching, let's say, Total Recall. Or something like that, which has got a fair bit of violence in it, or uh, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street, or you know, like you just sort of went with it. Like it wasn't. I think the, the, it's different today. I think the kids are a lot yeah. more affected by stuff like that, and and, and I think us now, that we're the parents, I think we're a lot more um, aware of that kind of thing because we watched all that shit as kids. And man, <laughs> now you look back at it and go, yeah, I probably shouldn't have fucking watched that movie. We, like we all watch RoboCop because it's about, yeah, exactly. it's, about a, yeah. it's about a cop who's a robot. Like what could be more exciting to a kid? Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's, there's, there, I, I, I like, I really like two things about this title. Uh, and it turns out that RoboCop is, uh, <laughs> yeah. Like no way in the world would I show a kid who's yeah. like, Oh my God. Yeah, I think like, I, I, I don't know thirteen maybe that'd be where I'd be like, all right, all right, you could probably watch this. I sat down you and know? watched that. I was probably like like nine or ten and watched that with my parents. Yeah, well, when it came out in nineteen eighty seven, I think by the time yeah. I, I saw it, I saw it in, on video. Yeah, me too. So that was probably eighty eight or eighty nine. So I would have been either nine or ten. So yeah, what's he gonna do? <laughs> oh, he has his hand. <laughs> oh, okay, that was fuck. That was full on. And then oh. His arm's gone as well. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then, oh, shit. Oh, now he's going to shoot him like 100 more times. Fuck. But yeah. I didn't remember sitting there going like I – don't, I don't remember sort of having any reaction to it really. Like I don't remember like being frightened by it or sort of being like, oh, I don't know what to do. Like, But I, don't, I also don't remember sitting there going, oh, this is awesome. Like, yeah, yeah. blow his head off. Like I just sort of watched it and went, oh, no, they killed him like really badly. But yeah, whereas nowadays, like it's a lot different. So, like, no way in the world would I show that to yeah. a ten-year-old. But so, also, yeah. we we've kind of come to expect like one tone from everything. You know, we expect, uh, and, and I think Marvel is responsible for having these these movies where you know what you're going to get. I was just thinking that, yeah, like Marvel has sort of gone. This is the standard of sort of action slash family fun movie yeah. type things now. And there's either um, like a more family friendly version slash kitty version like below that, and then and then there's a, a more mature version above that. But Marvel yeah. is kind of like the this almost the standard or the line, and then you either go 
like more adult or less adult based on yeah with yeah with Mar- yeah Marvel being the baseline and if but if you don't show your kids the Marvel movies now they're going to be missing out they're going to be yeah, exactly. behind in a couple of years when you know when Avengers of uh, Infinity Gauntlet or whatever they're calling it comes out <laughs> yep uh, but yeah I, all in all I think that this one t- is good I, I would recommend Flashpoint as well. Um, and well, what's great about Flashpoint, and and it also uh, it goes hand in hand with like Under the Red Hood, mm-hmm. they're distilling these big comic book events into something that you can consume maybe more easily if the comic books aren't accessible to you, you know. So we yeah. so we're able to bring that out to a wider audience, and and I mean some people say that the like that Under the Red Hood the movie is actually better than the um, the comic storyline that it's based on, and I don't know. Yeah, they're, well, they're pretty close. It's a good argument. Yeah, yeah. it's definitely. Oh, I think it's. It, it probably is if I think about it. Yeah, um, but it's handled a lot better. Um, I because I haven't read Flashpoint, and it it really it's 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 helpful to me to just have the frame of reference of having seen this movie. No, I recommend it if you you. I don't think you could tell if you just showed people and said, right, which one is, did they make a comic out of this cartoon, or did they turn the comic into a movie it's sort of a they're pretty close so i don't think it's a real like oh yeah well they left this out they left that out whereas like you read what's like Watchmen, for instance you're like oh well clearly they made a movie out of this comic right because you wouldn't if you were making a comic book adaptation of a movie you wouldn't add all these extra things what's what's coming next from from the the dc anime i think batman ninja comes next right yeah, that's interesting. And that that looks like a totally <laughs> different thing. That's it's it's this crazy looking anime where uh yeah, everything looks different like nothing we've ever seen before. Um the blend of CGI and and traditional animation is is all over the place. Yeah. I know, I like the idea of it because this is another kind of like gaslight situation, I guess, where they can kind of be like, "All right, well, if Batman was a ninja, <laughs> yeah. Then then, like, who would Harvey Dent be and who would, uh, like, Selena be and that kind of stuff. So, like, yeah, oh, I'm keen to see that one. should be fun. All right. Well, uh, I guess that about wraps things up for our uh, our third Bad Dads animated podcast. Um, yeah, so so many of these movies that uh, who knows when we'll, when we'll be back. Uh, That's it. <laughs> uh, watching these again. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I mean, I called this one Batman, Bad Dads Forever, so we'd, we'd have to do a Bad Dads and Robin, right? That's, that's just... Uh, yep, I think yeah. so. Yep. Oh, and then we could go back and, like, I don't know, watch the Adam West series or something. We'd be da- Bad Dads Begins. <laughs> 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 and then when we get to the Dark Knight, we, we're fucked. We've got no idea. Yeah. <laughs> the Dad Knight, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, yeah <laughs> why not? Nights. The dad yeah. night rises. The dad night right? rises. <laughs> and then dad v Superman. Da- I don't know da- dad v super dad. <laughs> yeah. Super, super mom. Yeah. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> um, we'll have to find out what our mother's names are and, and compare notes. Yeah. Uh, my mom's name is Martha. I don't, what oh, there you go. What? what? What did you say that name? <laughs> 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 All right. uh, follow me on Twitter. I'm at Tim Ogney. Greg is at uh, Greg T13. 
Um, and of course, uh, follow our show at unfunny and tangent on Twitter, uh, unfunny nerdtangent.com where, uh, we've got some pretty cool content coming up, uh, as we get excited for infinity war. Um, so, so check out what, uh, what we got posting over there. Um, of course, all roads lead back to the steel cage, uh, com and at the steel cage. And while you're visiting the steel cage.com or on funny nerd tangent, make sure to click on our affiliate links, uh, for, Amazon and the Steel Cage shop where you can get our wonderful, beautiful Mon Milf Mati. I didn't get to show mine to Kevin Smith. I did wear it to the event. Uh, you know, everybody's wearing uh, their own pod. We're, we're, everybody's a podcaster in the audience. We're, everybody's wearing yeah. their own podcast shirt. Um, but uh, she is the commander in chief of soft style. So for, uh, for Greg, I'm Tim. That'll do it for us. Uh, and remember kids always go into the Lazarus pit tits first. <laughs>